0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Archivist Vets on Sexy Witches A podcast from the geek girl's perspective And I am the head hauntress Welcome to OMG Season 8 premiere of the <laughs> Sexy Witches I've been doing this now for 8 years Where Whew. the fuck am I thinking? But here I am <laughs> And I have a great panel It's evolved over the years But some of it stays the same and they've one of these folks has been there from the beginning. Let me bring them on. In the Orange County area, was my cousin, no longer my cousin, but will always be blood to me. Please welcome <laughs> the warlock of Orange County, my comrade-at-arms at media conventions. Mr. Aaron Kogan, welcome back to season 8 of The Sexy Witches. How are you doing?
2: Hola. Has it really been eight seasons?
1: Eight seasons. Yup. Well, the 2019 season, which was season 6, was really just a half season. But we mm-hmm. had 17 episodes last year, and we average about 17 to 19 episodes a year. So, yeah. Here Rock. we are. Yeah. So- pretty amazing. How is Orange County treating you? I am glad you and Nat are better.
2: Yes, thank you. Uh, We both survived uh, the Rona. She had uh, a little worse case than I did. Uh, I had it like for 20 minutes, seriously. But um, we're all doing fine now. Uh, We're even going out in public again, which is amazing after 10 days in the house. But uh, all's good.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear that, and I'm glad that, because you, you are my L.A. correspondent. You're the one that goes out and does all the stuff in the trenches, so I need you healthy, not just because we need you <laughs> alive, but I need you there for all the cool happenings, because you, I'm a cool when? happenings I person. Get,
2: I, I need to get pics of uh, the setup for the Academy Awards down at the Kodak Theater. They're they're going to be doing that any day now.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's just the Kodak again. Last year it was at the train station right right weird
2: yeah yeah, they cleared (laughs) out all the homeless and camped around there it was
1: weird yeah it was weird and we're going to get back to the oscars in just a minute because we're going to go right into the oscar talk as we always do on our premiere we always are the first wednesday or tuesday it's been wednesday last couple seasons right after oscar when we come back and then we talk not just oscar but we talk about our own picks because most of our movies that we love will never make an Oscar. So, you know, uh-huh. a couple of them might. I have, But I do have one Best Picture nominee in my top ten. So, hey, what do you know? So we'll be right Oish. back, Mr. Kogan. i got to bring on two more sexy witches. Now, one that hasn't been quite as long on the air as, uh, as Aaron has, but has been there for very long time and has been my madness co-host for many many years so this year I beat her yes I beat them I beat them <laughs> this is the first time ever I had actually my own contest <laughs> so I have already picked the madness theme even but before we get into that that'll be mm-hmm. later on this year where is bring on now relocated to Los Angeles also down in L.A. So you guys didn't meet last time you both were living there. So I think you and Aaron what? absolutely yeah. out there We'll up. get there
3: this time.
1: you will get there this time.
3: Absolutely.
1: Normally it's up in the Pacific Northwest or Nevada, but back in L.A. Here they are. And uh, please welcome back to the show, my enchantress of Nevermore, my sexy witch co-host and madness conspiracy, Raven Jasper Hawk. How you doing?
2: What's up, witches?
1: I'm so glad. I'm I'm glad that you're back. I know that you've been having it rough lately. We don't have to go into details, but I am glad to know that you're with us tonight. Thank you.
3: Thanks. Yeah, happy to be here.
1: And so, are you ready to talk Oscar and your favorite movies of 2021? Always. Excellent. We'll be right back, because we have, they are on the show as a correspondent, they were on the show as a sub when my, one of my co-hosts decided to ghost us last year, Mr. Steve, the wizard wandling. I still don't know what happened to him. He's never actually, like, um, written me back at all. I have no yeah. idea if he's alive or dead. Uh, but you know what? Uh, from the darkness, out of the shadows, comes our new permanent co-host. Please welcome to the show the dirty southern sorcerer it is. Mr. Nathan, the voice of violence Hamilton, out of Atlanta, Hello. the other L.A. How Hello, you ladies and gentlemen, and everything in
4: between. It is good to be here, and it's good to be here permanently now. Apparently, this is my first episode <laughs> as a permanent co-host. But I'm You, wondering, you did, have this been I remember, drafted. Adult. What season did I first appear on the show? I had to have been at least five years.
1: I would say at least season two. I'd have to go back and look.
4: Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm honestly not sure either. But you know what? It is good to be official.
1: You you always are official in my eyes. But, yes, I'm glad you're back. And now we have uh, – because, you know, you can do it with three people, Coven. But, you know, really, to be a true Coven, you need the corners. So now we're back to four. <laughs> and here we are. So um, – and, um, and it's actually good because you're in Atlanta with – we got LA covered, I've got the Northeast covered, and, and Georgia is the hotbed of of, of of film and industry as well. So, uh, for the time being, we have the, most of the United States covered, at least the important entertainment parts. So, uh, you know, LA, LA is cool, but, you know, Vegas, who cares? We don't need Nevada. Nevada, um, you know, even no. Adele isn't going back to Nevada, and she got a lot of money to right. go there, and she's, you know, so, hey, so we're going to go right into Oscar talk, because as you know, we always start the premiere with the nominees for Oscar, but before we get to that, I did want to give some other quick shout-out awards. Um, to, or no, you know what, I'm going to save that till after the Oscar talk. I'm going to do it in between the Oscar talk and our countdown, because those those awards are awesome and cooler than any Oscar. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about the Oscars, and I just played We Don't Talk About Bruno from Encanto, which is not nominated for an Oscar, because, well, I wanted to lead off with Best Song, and the reason is, it's really, really weird. <laughs> um, the choices yeah. are, are really, really weird, and it, I, it's not really the Academy's fault that we don't talk about Bruno is not nominated because it was actually never submitted by Disney. I want to say Disney dropped the ball big time with Encanto, like big time. Yeah, like, They did not estimate what they were had with when they, they got it. They knew they were going to have, oh, it'll be a solid hit. Everyone will watch it, blah, blah, blah. The, the songs that they chose was uh, what was it uh, Don or those uh, I can't even say it. It's the Spanish language song. It's a really pretty song, like you know. Yeah. here here it is. The
2: sad one. The sad one. But it's
1: sad. It's about you know marauders killing babies and die. stuff. And I, I mean, it's really pretty, you know. So so is. But is it memorable? Now I'm not saying I'm the biggest fan of "We Don't Talk About Bruno," but not only did they drop the ball on on that song and not submit it, because it is the biggest hit Disney has had since Frozen, and Frozen didn't "Let It Go" didn't even go to number one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It beat so out um, uh, the song from Aladdin, which yes. previously held the record.
1: Yeah. It, it, I can it,
2: show it, you the world. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a, it's I can show you the world. I can sing the whole new world, exactly. but we won't do that hit. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, a
2: whole yeah. new world is a pretty great song, and it, Aladdin is an amazing movie. But like you said, they really didn't know what they had with Encanto. Um, for one thing, they didn't release it in theaters. It went straight to Disney Plus. Uh, while they've been playing around with other things going in the theaters, but for me, the thing that they really messed up on is not understanding that everyone loves Louisa. Uh, well, they thought that's, that's Isabella, the princess, up. the perfect girl who can create flowers and all that, that's where they put all their money. That's where all the merch went, and everyone is going into Disneyland asking for Louisa stuff, which they do not have. And by yeah, the way, Louisa's again, song is probably the best in the whole movie.
1: Dropping the ball. They did not know what they had. Yep. And, and uh, they... they you know, I have never, ever Would ever believe in my life, Aaron That I would say this about Disney <laughs> Disney didn't know their audience
2: Well said, yeah, right
1: And the and, and number one thing in any entertainment Is knowing your audience And they did it And they blew it They The, 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 the Louisa merchandise, when they do have it Sells like hot cakes and can't keep on the shelf They thought everyone was going to yep. love Isabella, the beautiful More traditional <laughs> Disney princess You know, they didn't even put any money Behind the main character, Mirabel, Right? The brand you new smart one a
2: 100% correct, yes
1: um, And then We don't well, talk about Bruno is a... Whoa <laughs> this...
4: this is the same <laughs> company though ...that went into the 2019 holiday season without a single Baby Yoda thing on the shelf. So there is one that we yeah. making the wrong call on what character...
2: Although, although I, I will back up that one because um, John and Dave said, we don't really want to spoil the surprise of the then unnamed Grogu and so they were the ones saying hold off on the merch, so you can't 100% blame Disney on that one but
4: still it, I'm shocked Disney would overwork that amount of money and be like, okay, we'll keep it yeah,
1: no I, it, it's it's actually the weirdest punt I have ever seen Disney do um, and it's very, very strange, but you know, I don't even know who. it, it actually makes a, it wide open for best song. I have no idea who's gonna win it, and maybe they'll win it by default just because it's the only Disney song on the list, or it's gonna go to Billy, um, Billy Eilish and uh, the uh, 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 James Bond movie, No uh, Time to Die. No time
2: to die. Which is it's the only other song. like it's quiet it's and, the only other oh.
1: memorable song on the list. I mean, does anybody yeah. honestly know any of the songs from Power of the Dog?
2: No. But no. I haven't seen it either.
1: Now, Down to Joy is a nice <laughs> Irish song by Van Morrison that, that might be good. I would still ultimately want to see that Lin-Manuel Miranda song from Encanto win because I want him to get the Egot. But, you know, that's the only reason why I would want him to win the rest of it. Like, I mean, does anybody, like King Richard, even as a Best Picture nominee, is kind of bizarre to me. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was good, but not solid. Mm-hmm. I don't weird. Anyway. So, let's let's go ahead and I will throw out to Best Raven. Do you have you seen any of the best picture nominees this year?
3: Um, I actually, let's see. I've seen Dune. That's the That's only it. thing. I haven't
1: actually seen yeah. Dune. How is Dune? Pretty um, I enjoyed huh. it.
3: It's it's different, I mean, I, I'll be talking about it later, maybe. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So we want maybe. to get too deep
1: into it. Um, I've seen, in its entirety, I uh, three songs, three movies on the list. Uh, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Those are the ones that I, um and one of the – oh, four, actually. I saw it. Don't look up also. Uh, so uh, King Richard I saw part of but actually haven't finished it. Um, I need to go back. Um, I, I have mixed feelings about Power of the Dog. And someone goes, did you understand symbolism? I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've seen a lot of Jane Campion. You know, you want to go see a good Jane Campion movie? Go watch Sweetie. You know, one of her earlier films. You know, she she's she's got an edge to her, but you know, I I thought it was like it to me, and it got all the nominations for acting too. And I don't want to take anything away from Cumberbatch and uh, and uh, you know <laughs> Kirsten Dunst and th- those are g- good actors and everything, but it felt like a bunch of people oh, let's like dress down in a western and stare into the sun. All day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the movie is called. Did someone that.
2: seriously <laughs> try to mansplain symbolism to
0: you?
1: Yes. It was orange, Good job. I was so annoyed. I was like, yes, orange. I, I understood the symbolism and the anthrax and the whole bit. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, You know, but, you know, I, I don't know why it's getting quite the love that it's getting. It's good. It's amazing. I actually don't think there's any amazing songs like The List except, say, one, which may be on my top ten. We'll talk about that later. Um, mm-hmm. But is there – and Don't Look Up was pretty good. I actually really liked Don't Look Up. I don't think it's best picture material, Uh, but it mm-hmm. was a very fun movie, and I like fighting satire. Um, like like mm-hmm. Mr. Hamilton said, it might be a bit too on the nose, uh, but then again, you know, someone reminded me that people um, make use the phrase "avoid everything like the plague," but clearly we haven't. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it, as, let me ask you all. We'll start with Nathan because he's he probably hasn't seen any of these films on this list. Um, <laughs> is there any film? What that are you, you trying want... to imply here? Uh, yeah, you, you, you. I, I do want to see Belfast. I actually really, really the yeah, cast too. is amazing. I love anything with C. R. and Hines in it. Is like, yeah, I want to see it. Is there right I mean, is there any films on this list? Like, I don't even know what Coda is. Um, is there a film on this list you think you would like to win?
4: Um, Nightmare Alley is the only one on here That I intend to watch So I'll probably go for that Nightmare
1: Alley was a solid movie I thought it was well crafted Well acted, it's gorgeous I think it should definitely win production um, But I don't have a love for it That other people do Like some people really love this movie
0: It's
1: a good movie I oh, do It might
2: be on my list
1: it might be on your list. Yeah, we don't want to talk about it it's on your list too much, but it, it, um, I, felt I, didn't, I felt like it was well-crafted, but it didn't capture my soul. Now, what I thought was really funny is I kept watching it going, I know this story. I can predict the story. Why am I predicting these twists? Why? You know, have I watched too many movies? Yes, yes, I have. But then I realized, <laughs> oh wait a minute, it's a remake, and I am positive my yeah. parents showed it to me <laughs> when I was a kid because my parents were huge fans of that era of movies. Like they gave me every Basil Rathbone film possible and Tyrone Power film possible. So I, at that point, I have to think I've seen it. So Raven, did you see Nightmare Alley?
3: No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, it's on. I've seen the original.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's on Hulu now, so um, everybody can see it.
3: It and dropped on Mac. yeah. Don't have HBO. HBO I have nothing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I lost it all. We're gonna, the we're gonna have
1: to get you codes. <laughs> we're gonna know. have to get you codes. So, um, like I said, I think Nightmare Alley should get production design. I did think it was some of the coolest production design I've seen. I mean, West Side Story too, for that matter. Uh, but Like, Mm -hmm. what I love about movies, and Tim, I was telling Nathan this, and Tim Burton does it too, when there's a carnival in a movie, they always have a fun house or a a pretzel car, dark ride, which, of course, you know, like, there's at least three of us that are obsessed with dark rides in this panel. Um, And Mm It's always the coolest dark ride that would never exist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like It's what what Guillermo del Toro wished dark rides look like. Right, it sure. from that era. <laughs> so Tim Burton does it too. Like it, it, it's never a really yeah. true dark ride, you know. But the eyeballs were cool, and I love eyeballs.
0: Yeah, so eh,
1: that was cool. So, uh, is, is there any dark horses on this list that you think might up, be an upset win? Like maybe the tragedy of Macbeth?
2: I'd be shocked.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not actually sure mm-hmm. which one's going to win.
4: Which one of these people? Seen.
1: I I think it's going to come down to whoever wins the the producer guild award. That hasn't been given out yet. So I think that's basically how how I'm going to bet this horse.
2: Usually the BAFTAs are such a good yardstick for where they're going, but you know Gaga didn't even get a nomination after winning uh, uh, the British Film Awards.
1: Well, well, but and they also didn't nominate Kristen uh, Kristen Stewart for Spencer, but she got nominated here, oh, and she's right. a front runner. So right, you know, right. there's that going on.
2: Um, oh, you know, that reminds me. There's one little thing I wanted to mention since we were talking songs. I think that because of his uh, whole anti-vaxer and anti-masks and everything thing, I don't think Van Morrison has a shot.
1: That's kind of silly.
2: Yeah, but you know politics in Hollywood.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, politics we'll have are to a big see.
2: part of the Academy Awards, so I I would not bet on it for that.
1: Um, there's a few standouts in the nominees that I wanted to um, point out. Uh, in, in visual effects, we got not one but two Marvel movies this year. Um, yeah. And everyone's going to vote for No Way Home. But honestly, I think Shang-Chi on The Legend of the Ten Rings should be the winner of, of Between the Two. Of I them. agree with you. Yeah, I that, agree. With you. And, with you as we were.
2: <laughs> I, Shang-Chi, and that might show up on my list, I think is one of the best comic book movies to come down the pike in quite a long time. If I had to show. People one movie, and it's not my favorite comic book movie of the year. But if I had to show one person who was like, ah, comic book, I don't know, uh, from from the past year, that would be the one I'd show.
1: Uh, and Even I, over I have other a one. feeling Mr. Hamilton might have it on his list somewhere as well.
0: <laughs> so we'll I see. just, he like, just
1: like he might. That would be one.
4: To, is it really was kind of the least comic booky comic book movie of the year? It's wow. Like, adventure movie
2: that's a great way of looking at it yeah
1: well i like how you said it was a perfect blend of the two genres it was representing and it kind of is mm-hmm. um it, it's really funny though i saw two crossover comic book movie asian flair films one was that one and the other one was the uh what was it the batman year of the dragon is that the name of it nathan
4: soul of the dragon
1: Soul of the Dragon. Both have the exact same plot. Don't place. open the fucking door. Just don't do it.
4: Yeah. Don't in, open the in, goddamn in general, door. If there's, a, if there's a giant door with weird symbols inscribed on it, don't, <laughs> don't it open, open it. it. Don't read out of the book. Thank you. Don't, don't read out of the comb you found in the basement. And don't open the big door with the weird carvings on it.
1: Yeah, See, people,
2: this talking. is the wisdom that you come to the show to get. This right mm-hmm. here.
0: <laughs>
1: Um, okay, so yeah, anything not, else least... we want to talk about on, on the Oscars? Um, costumes. I do want to talk about costumes real brief. First of all, I was really shocked that Coming to America 2 did not get costume nomination. It got makeup and hairstyling, which it well-deserved. But it's not a great movie, but the one thing that does stand out is the costume design in that film. And I was really surprised it, it did not get that. Um, but Gucci Gucci got both, which it should. Of um, course, it had to, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. I I was also very pleased to see Corella on costume design, even though yes. it was my favorite film of the year. It did have some glam going on. It was that was awesome. So I, I and actually for a kids' film, it was probably my favorite kids' film of the year. Um, it it, it would it would be like my top. Brilliant. It would be in my top 20. Um, it would have ma- it actually almost made my list. Uh, it would have been pretty high up. So uh, uh, I'm a little upset that Cyrano de Bergerac doesn't come out for another two weeks. I really want to see it. Um, it's mm. also up for costume design. And the Dinklage as Cyrano is such a brilliant casting choice. I really, really want to see it. Uh, and, of course, Dune would get costume design. But, um, I I'm thinking Dune
2: have- is going to win.
1: It might, it might. I, I'm really happy that this year it's not just three, because the last few years, costume and makeup have only been three candidates. Uh, and I think visual oh, wow. definitely had three one year. Um, and so I'm really glad. Um, I do want to think that the the, the tightest um, category of the year, the one with the most quality and probably going to be the hardest choice like if I had a, had to pick one, I don't know who I would pick. Even if I don't love the movies, all of them were gorgeous. The cinematography, cinematography did the deal. Yes, Raven.
3: No, that's exactly what I was going to say.
1: Yeah, well, go ahead. Say it more.
3: That's the hardest category. It's insane.
1: Uh yeah, I mean, mm. now as as a fan of Danis Kam- Kaminsky, I I I always want them to win. Uh, but I mean really, seriously, the tragedy of Macbeth is gorgeous. Tower of the Dog. I can't really complain about it's cinematography. I just think that they stare into the sun too much. <laughs> um Nightmare Alley <laughs> is just beautiful. Like it's that art yep. decoy like, perfect blend of the art go and Carney imagery is just so cool. And of course Dune is Dune right? <laughs> you can't go wrong <laughs> with the giant with the giant worms, right? So, hey, Jay um, Cargill, Nathan, is actually uh, defending her title on TBS for a change.
4: Oh, my God. Amazing. I know, right?
1: <laughs> We've been making a joke because she's always defending her title on um, TNT, even though she has a TBS title, which is, like, backwards. So, huh. anyway. TNT title on TBS, so... And she's not holding it with the H upside down anymore. That's good. Uh, (laughs) She holds it the one way like it says house.
4: Oscar call out right here Um, Uh in the category category of best actress. Because I I have only seen one of the movies nominated, but I do want to say Jessica Chastain in the Eyes of Tammy Faye was great.
1: I haven't mm. seen the eyes of Tammy Faye yet, though I really, really want to, actually. So. I've had to think, um,
4: like my fa- my family knew the Bakers back in the day. So I've I met Tammy. Uh, oh wow! She,
1: That's right. Oh yeah.
4: <laughs> and she. Oh no! <laughs> the, the, hey, I'm 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 a preachers kid, and we knew some famous preachers, and I, he, his resort, uh, New Heritage USA. I have stayed there. All of that shit, but. Wow. He was scarily accurate in that movie. Hmm.
1: Um, well, I, just so you know, uh, Nathan, in the jukebox that I did, I lost in the divorce. One of the same women there was the eyes of Tammy's Bay. We actually added it in there. So
3: nice.
1: yeah, you had to, um, <laughs> um, I also want to give a shout out like the West side story is going to get all the glory as a musical, but tick, tick, boom, Andrew Garfield got nominated as Joe, as Joe nice. Larson and Don Larson. And honestly, he was phenomenally good in that movie. So I, I was very pleased to see him mix in with Benedict Cumberbatch and Will Smith and Denzel and Javier Bardem He may not win it with those guys with him, but he deserves to be there. And I'm really pleased with that. So, um, is there anything else we should cover? For <laughs> I mean, everyone else, nothing, nothing really stands out. Like it's, uh, animated feature does have an adult movie in there. Um, which is nice. Uh, flea, which I haven't seen yet. Yeah. but That's, that's, that's actually a, uh, uh, animated Documentary, is that right? I believe it is. Um, um, a
2: Roman yeah, uh so,
1: It's
2: semi-autobiographical.
1: Yes, that's right. It's So that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, totally. So, uh, and so, it's uh,
2: uh, LGBT uh, themes, too, which, you know, again, uh, yay for animation covering everything as it should. Love that.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I'm so glad. <laughs> Um, let's see. Oh, okay, uh, cool. <laughs> I even though Mo, I was kind of dissing on on Power of the Dog. I actually want Jane Campion to win, and it's because Jane Campion's solid body of work over the years. I mean, she's one of the most unique voices out there, and and this might be her year. Uh, And so she's the second woman to be nominated or the first woman to be nominated twice in in a director's category. Uh, Kenneth Branagh is now also gotten a a milestone. He is the single most person to be nominated in multiple categories in history. So uh, yeah, something like that. Six, six or seven. So he's also up for director for Belfast. So that's actually pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I was right. Flea is a documentary. Uh, however, that's not the documentary oh. I want to win. Um, the documentary I want to win is Summer of Soul, which if you haven't – like yeah. that was the one Raven brought into, the, into our mix last year, and then all of us promptly watched it, and boy, was that brilliant. And I would love to see that get an upset win, though I think what's going to happen is Flea is not going to win animated feature, so they're going to give it documentary. That's what I guess is going to happen. So – that's my prediction. And uh, that's all I have to say. Editing's solid. Nothing amazing. Whoever wins cinematography will probably win editing this year. Sound isn't very over. There's no war films in sound, which means it's busted open, which is nice because the loudest, the loudest movie always wins, not the best sound. And that's always pissed me mm-hmm. off. But, um, to, but a lot of people that think No Time to Die might actually pull that out. So uh, I would love to see West Side hmm. Story get it, but um, you know I don't. I don't think it will. I think West Side Story is going to get snubbed almost completely across the board. So
0: wow,
1: that's it. Even that's though it's got said. the pedigree of uh, Steven
2: Spielberg, huh?
1: Yeah, no, I think it's going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be his Color Purple sequel, where it'll have a fuck ton of nominations and not win a single one. So uh, that's how I feel. Oh. Actually. I won't say that I think Aaron, Ariana Du Bois may have an upset win in supporting actress because it just because it would be cool to see her get the award from uh, Rita, who you know is going to give that award out, right? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so that would be cool. I mean, they've been giving each they've been like interviewing each other for the entire year, right? So that has been kind of cool. Um, anyway that we talked about West Side Story in its own episode. If you want to go back to the very last episode of season seven, we left the show Mm -hmm. with West Side Story and West Side Story bombed in the box office, but it actually isn't really a bomb. It had legs. It's still in theaters. It's still making money. So I I have a feeling that it's one of those films. that's going to make its money back. It's just going to take a time. So, um, Anyway, that's all I have to say about the Oscars because, honestly, I need to see more of them. I need to see Dune. I, like, tried to see Dune, and I went to HBO Max, and it was gone already. And I was like, what happened? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so. But now that it's Anyways, been nominated, it'll be back in the theaters, and uh, seeing it on the big screen with IMAX and all that nonsense is really
1: the way to go. Um, it was playing at the Udvar Hazi, the the Air and Space Museum, and I didn't get to go see it there. I'm hoping it replays there again because I would, I would drive there to see it. So, um, you know, they have they have one of those true uh, true IMAXs. Last time I saw a movie at the IMAX, like a fictional movie, I saw um, Star Wars, the the first one, the first of the three new ones. Oh wow! With Force Awakens, is that the right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I saw Force Awakens there, but uh, so uh, I do want before we move onwards to our own choices for film. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple of nominations that are outside the box. Um, first of all, Glad every year I always gives out of, or nominations for best television and film that has positive images of LGBTQ plus. I I I hate to say it, there's too many letters. I get them confused after a while. <laughs> I liked it when everyone was queer. Queer is a great word. <laughs> but um, um, it's just easy to remember. I just stop but, at Q and
2: add the plus sign.
1: Yeah, my, my daughter, she can just say it like, you know, I'm... But anyway, uh, but I wanted to give a shout out that Chucky, the TV, horror TV show, Chucky got nominated for a GLAAD award. Because of this yeah. positive imagery and healthy, healthy, uh, healthy relationships, and I thought that was kind of cool, right? You know, yeah. you know, no, no one would expect Chucky to be that, but there you go. So, congratulations, and a little shout out to my peeps and myself a little bit. Um, the stylist was nominated for best first feature for a chainsaw. So that's basically the horror equivalent of the Oscars. So please go vote if you're listening to this and have not done that yet. Stylist. So shout out to Jill, who just had a birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, And uh, that is just the coolest. I'm hoping to get the Rondo. They haven't announced the Rondos yet. So that would be, like, even cooler if I got a Rondo and a Chainsaw nomination. So fingers crossed on that. Is there any other, like, Awards that you've hurt nominees or wins that you would like to? Because I mean, I didn't even pay attention to the Golden Globes this year. They didn't even they didn't even show them this year, <laughs> so um, uh, so I don't even know what happened on that. Um, yeah, neither. Uh, <laughs> which is so weird because that's that's usually the one where everyone goes gets drunk to parties, right? And this year they're right, like, right. you can't do that. So they broke the the Golden Globes. So. Um, the Razzies yeah. came out. Um, yes. And there was one cool thing. Was it Bruce Willis was nominated eight yes. times for the same category? Yes. He has his own category this year. <laughs> so
0: awesome. <laughs> I didn't I, know I he had, was in that many I had movies just, I, had,
2: I had just like two or three weeks before uh, passed along something that I'd read online um someone had made a joke that Bruce Willis movie posters and video covers look like movies by the character in Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the World the uh, action movie star and they really fucking do it's fucking <laughs> hilarious pretty good sk- skater now pretty good movie star and uh yeah that's Bruce Willis's uh Current Oeuvre.
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: That's pretty funny. Um it's kind of weird though to have Razzies in a in the last couple of years because I mean nobody's seen any of the movies and so you know Razzies is not when 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 there's not enough films to come out, you really can't Razzie something. 'Cause I honestly Diana
2: point, the <laughs> musical.
1: Diana the Musical. I don't know that much. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> now I'm curious. What is Diana the Musical? Should I watch it?
2: Uh, it's supposed to be very Diana, bad. And you should. For, yeah. Diana the Musical kind is of exactly what
1: you're thinking. It, it's Diana Spencer. Yes. No.
2: Diana Princess Diana. of Wales. Wow.
1: It's on Netflix right now. Oh my god, I'm going to have to watch that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Why are you making a... her do that though? It's all musicals. <laughs> I have to watch all musicals. It, it, I know, it's... I do too. Oh my but god. Don't. Don't. <laughs> yes, don't.
1: Don't. Don't watch the musical. Come Thank on, you're
2: curious. You know you are.
1: Oh yeah, I know. i so I would watch that shit in a heartbeat. Oh my god! Work, so, my medicine
0: work? <laughs> oh my god!
1: Um, I I I want to get like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it by the time I get back because I'm actually going out to Atlanta with the Evil Genius to a wedding who the Dirty Sorcerer of the th- South is actually officiating. Um, and, nice. Yeah. Um. The yeah, so I was gonna say that up in New York right now, you can get buy one get one tickets for the Book of Mormon. Nice. Ooh. Yeah, right. Um, I've already seen it twice but the evil genius really, really wants to see it. So and she's old enough now, so, you yeah. They're they're thirteen so or twelve, so they'll be thirteen this year. So it wasn't like I was playing it to them when they were baby. Maybe that's why I'm so <laughs> evil now. Uh, you know. Exactly. Um, Good so job. It, yeah, well, I'm proud like how evil she is cuz she takes after her mom. So <laughs>
2: Are are we going to mention their uh their theatrical thing?
1: Yeah, we should. Um um I don't Raven, I don't know if you heard, but um my Evil Genius and I have been working our asses off. Um, Annie was our little local community theater, children's community theater, a really nice one. Um, the Children's Theater in Annapolis had auditions for Annie two weeks ago, and my Evil Genius landed the role of Franklin Delano Roosevelt.
3: Nice.
1: Ooh-hoo! Out of 200 kids.
3: You- Ooh, doggy. Yeah, so
1: Damn. shout out.
3: Really Here's to the Evil Genius. No doubt. Years. That's right. awesome, and she doesn't yeah, even have too. to walk. Like you get your own no. ride everywhere. Like the, the diva. diva.
1: And you get to wear a pinstripe suit. And She's like, oh yeah. <laughs> so do we?
2: Do we tell them break a lake before they go on or what? I mean, I, I feel know, all kinds uh, of conflicted.
1: We, we've been saying that since you posted that. We don't know. Like, is it a <laughs> I mean, it is, I mean, he well, didn't yeah, break I'm a lake. Correct, yo. Unpatriotic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, I'm so I'm very proud. Awesome. Uh, it, it's it's the first two. Um, the Evil Genius Had auditioned to, for, for Four times at that theater And this is the first time they landed something So awesome. uh, Yeah, so it's a big break for them And they're all excited uh, And they're like, well now I'm going to have to You know, be a child actor I'm like, that means we have to get you a headshot Great, is yeah. more money <laughs> I'm broke I can't afford it
4: Mom.
1: Yep. All right. Before yes. we move you got to be move. a stage stage for mom. Stage. I'm, I'm an excellent stage mom. Uh, so right uh, on. I have no issues with that at all. Before we go on to our countdown, let's take a break from movies for a second because it is 2022 and talk about the two breakout TV series of the season so far. One concluded today, as we know. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Fuck
1: yeah. Bum, 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 right? Fuck (laughs) Fuck yeah. The Book of Boba Fett, which has gotten ultimately, I think, mixed reviews overall from the Star Wars geeks, but... It really was more of a continuation of the Mandalorian series than actually it's standalone on its own, I felt. Um, but how did well, we feel yeah, about Well, yeah, but, finale? you know, going
2: into it, it going into it, um, uh, Dave and John said that it was going to be more like Mandalorian 2.5. So I'm totally cool with Mandalorian having basically two episodes out of the series, um, it still fucking kicked ass. I I mean, any amount of Boba Fett is is good as far as I'm concerned, but then on top of that, we we expanded the characters so much more. We touched on shit from Boba as a kid in the animated Clone Wars. Uh, We brought in some amazing motherfucking guest stars, uh, characters, we had some really nice performances. Uh, uh I, I have no complaints whatsoever. I'm I'm gonna I saw the last episode last night at midnight as soon as I effing could and uh as soon as we're done with this, if Natalie wants, that's what we're gonna watch now. And then I'm looking forward to binging the whole mother again.
1: Well, Spoiler alerts, by the way, because it is concluded, and so we are going to talk about, we can talk about spoilers for this one. Um, I, right on. I had some mixed feelings about it. I, I didn't have the love for it that I did for the second season of Mandalorian, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. Uh, but it is season one, and um, the only real complaint I had from it ultimately is I didn't really feel the Vesta gang very much. That's what I was yeah. calling them. The, the kids and it's not you know they, they were all wonderful. driving around in their little like scooters, you know, and I'm like, okay, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> but but I say my same episode of both of these videos was the one with the train heist and the sand people. and there was a forty year old woman, ninja sand person going through kicking some ass. That was awesome. Uh, Danny Trejo as a rancor trainer. We need more of that. Yep. There was not enough um, of them. It was Go ahead. Amen. And oh, I know I, that, I just um, it's funny
2: we should say that. I posted a meme of uh the three of them, the the special effects Rancor Head and uh Boba Fett and uh Danny and I said, Okay, now that the series is done, which is fantastic, I need a standalone where it's the three of them walking Tatooine, uh having adventures, you know, walking the earth, walking Tatooine. That's um, That's what I want. That's what I need.
1: Nathan wants a Rancor as a pet, now that we know about Rancor. Oh, wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, damn, dude. Uh, he went fucking full-on King Kong. Who doesn't want a Rancor as a pet?
4: That homage was great. If you look at it, there was one shot where he was swiping at Mando as he was flying by where it was yep. an exact shot recreation. And like, as soon as I yep. saw that, I... I was I was sitting by myself in my living room and just cheered as loud as I possibly could. <laughs> I, I, like I people, have given, people have talked all kinds of you know if, if it was good or if it was bad halfway through. But if you didn't enjoy a, the season finale, I, I don't know what to tell you. Man. You might you just might not. Amen, man.
1: I I, well did, I did enjoy it. I was up early. That was what I put on. I, I've been watching. Right, uh, it, uh, early morning when I'm getting ready for work. That's Boba Fett, and then the other episode show we're about to talk to in the morning. I'll watch it first thing in the morning tomorrow. Uh, and um, I, I, I did overall enjoy it. I want to say not enough Timothy Oliphant. not enough. Mm. Like, 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 yeah, man's tough as nails, obviously. Uh, but he, we needed more. of right? him. I, I, w- I wish. Instead of going and concentrating so much on Mando for two episodes, that we got more of him because he's on Tatooine, and I wanted to know more about him being a marshal. But it looks like we're going to get that. So uh, fingers I- crossed.
4: Here's one of my things about that show. Everybody talks about well, we needed more of this character. We needed more of this character. But exactly what people are complaining about is that there was too much Boba Fett, and he was cooler when you only saw him a little bit. So it's kind of a double-edged sword in making the same argument on both sides.
1: I didn't actually mind that because Temmy Tem- 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 how oh, he's fuck his name up. Temmy Temmerson Tem- Morrison. Um, I love him. Like he, you know, yes. you know Once Were Warriors is one of my favorite movies. Which, by the way, a certain Hamilton has not seen that movie yet.
0: <clears throat> no, um,
4: yeah,
1: I you hear picture. that? I,
4: I just I can't stop staring at his perfect goddamn teeth.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, what the m- hell m- is up with that guy's teeth; they're perfect. We we got Ming-Nan Hua being a badass when as usual. God um, damn! Um, I want to say that, it. Yeah, though I will say Luke Skywalker has proved to me once again that he you can take the. Boy, bits bitch out of the boy. No, you can't. He's always <laughs> going to be a bitch boy. Um, <laughs> I mean, who does that to do a baby? Who does?
2: He's that? trying. All right, hang on. Under, no, that was a ben callback. Solo. That was an illusion.
0: I know. To well, um, like the, the ben Solo. no no no,
2: that that's freaking a lone, uh, lone wolf and cub. Yo,
1: that's know, a, exactly know. how it went
2: down. Well, come on.
1: I and it it's does have that allusion. feel all through it. But still, still. It was a really bitchy, terrible thing to do. You don't do that to a kid. <laughs> you don't go You gotta choose one You know You know, I, I just thought uh, anyway. But um do or you know, do not,
0: but
1: the, yo. So that is the last time we're gonna see Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Um they're actually recasting him for the um Rosario Dawson show. So uh wow. we' Yeah, so um, – and, well, you know, they're using – actually, I thought the digital makeup on him this time was much more effective than what it was in Mandalorian. So yes. they, they really improved, and that, that – it, it was very convincing this time. I, I I was very pleased with it. I thought I, – I felt really? like you were looking at Luke Skywalker.
4: huh? I thought Cad Bane had a more expressive face.
1: Well, expressive <sighs> is one thing. It just it looked like him. The other one, at the end of Mando, you could tell that it didn't that it was the the CG was just not as convincing this time. At least it I looked didn't mapped feel on. I, yeah I didn't feel taken out of it looking at him like I did last time. Though I like Cad he looked just like um, Lee Van Cleef. Mm
0: hmm. Angel eyes,
2: absolutely. I, yeah.
1: Yep. Just I I love the imagery and the one thing I do love about the Mando Boba Fett shows is not the shows themselves is the the, the they show the production stills at the end which are just as good as the TV show oh. I mean they're so gorgeous oh. right um you know I need course, uh,
2: the art of the book of Boba Fett and I need the art of the Mandalorian big fat table books coffee table books
1: we we have need, John Favreau, but we had Robert we had Robert Rodriguez seen episodes in that Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and his just old enough to direct. Oh my God, like do you feel old? I do. Um <laughs> so, uh, he she had an episode, uh, you know, and then uh, John uh, was it Bryce Howard? What's her name? She she did the the Mandalone the Mandalorian standalone oh, episode. Oh God. You know, and every so every
2: fanboy is going, please let her take a Star Wars movie, please, please, please.
1: Yeah, because everyone's like, she's back. awful, she's a terrible director. And Now they're like, oh, you stand corrected. So you know, <laughs> so I, I, we'll see. I, I actually feel like the 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 Star Wars series are unlike the Marvel ones, which kind of stand on their own as as standalone series. They're really more of a larger, like bigger picture. More like what the Marvel movies are in the theaters, so it's kind of hmm. interesting that way. Though um, so I think Hawkeye overall was my favorite of of the recent uh, Disney uh, Marvel Star Wars stuff. So that Hawkeye I mean, was look, brilliant. If you look at what book of
4: If you look at what book of Boba Fett did, like yeah, it, the first four episodes was like dances with Banthas. And then you <laughs> went off and hung out with the Mandalorian for a couple, and then at the end was like a huge shootout with all the cool characters they teased about the whole thing. So by the time you get to the end of the season, you have both the Mandalorian and uh, Book of Boba Fett series stories advanced, and you have, leave everybody wanting more of all the cool characters you just introduced. So I think at the, <laughs> end, end, of the day, Beals, end of the day – Jennifer
1: who got burned up in the, a
2: crib.
4: yeah. <laughs>
2: I was very sad about that.
4: Yeah, that was terrible. And, you
2: know, from the jump, I thought that she was the one who was in league with the Pikes. I thought, you know, well, well, come on, this is easy. This is, you know, fucking the NBC uh, Saturday Night Mystery here. You brought in a big star. Of course she's the one that's going to be involved behind (laughs) it all because, you know, you brought in a star, someone who has a juicy part. And then they totally threw me a curve. So kudos to them.
1: And we also got the okay. um, black, black croissant, which I didn't know was the yes. EU character. Uh, but, boy, was that one of the cooler Wookiees I've ever seen. Uh, that was cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was cool. Um, so a uh, oh, couple more minutes before we hit 10 o'clock, then we're going to do our sexy witch round, Robin. Um, so – that's been the big talk of the geekdom world. And the other one, which is the one that I fucking love, and, and Nathan, you <laughs> might want to put your fingers in your ears for the next eight minutes, uh, is Peacemaker on uh, HBO Max. Uh, We're not going to spoil it too much because the season finale is not for another like, there's two episodes left. One drops tomorrow, and the other one, the finale drops in uh, two weeks uh, or, I've or a week. I have
4: the first piece of episode one, though.
1: Yeah, but the best I have, thing I have about it,
4: I have a rule. I only have, mm. I will binge different series at the same time, but I will only have one week-to-week series at a time. So now that Book mm. of Boba Fett's done, now I can start binging Peacemaker. Uh, James
1: Gunn <laughs> is... Uh, allowing him to develop character is something that we should do forever. Because, boy, has he got one of the queerest, quirkiest shows
3: on
1: And he deliberately chose this song, "Do You Want to Taste It" by Wigwam, to he said, so people would no longer skip the intros. And it works. <laughs> Everyone watches the intro. I every once in a while just turn on the intro to Keith Maker. <laughs> I, I It makes me happy. And the, and you see, I I don't like to admit to it, but there I did go through a hair metal phase when I was a teenager. You gotta realize that was a teenager what? in the eighties. Yeah, me, never, whoa. So so a lot of these <laughs> songs are like, oh, my God, I forgot about that song. Oh, my God, I forgot about that song. Like, okay,
2: okay, then you're the know. person that I need to talk to because I need to ask someone, what the fuck does Throw the Dog, the Invisible Bone mean?
1: Oh, it... it Help me <laughs> out here. Stop sex, dude. Figure it out. All those songs are about sex. The dog, we're um, talking...
2: Okay, okay, now it makes sense, I guess. But why is the bone invisible?
1: I I don't know. It's really tiny, I guess. I don't know. See, you know, uh, one one question gives you an
2: answer, which gives you another question. It's deep like that.
4: They're referring referring to the bone of John Cena, and you can't see him anyway.
0: (laughs) Well done. Well done.
1: I I will say, I'm not a huge John Cena fan, but boy, is he perfectly cast in this. Yeah, seriously. everything about it has been fun. I mean, you want to talk about Deep Dive, the DC comic realm. Oh, my God. So much of it's Deep Dive. Um, You know, I love that James Gunn does that. We'll talk about it more on the countdown. Uh, <laughs> you know, he looks mm-hmm. for the most obscure characters and just like says, we're gonna write about this person. <laughs> you know, so that's awesome. Oh, the thing I like um, about
2: Peacemaker the series is that James Gunn has taken a protagonist and given him a, a really fucked up relationship with his father. That's that's something new for him. That's that's something he should really uh, really explore some more with you know them. an eclectic soundtrack. That's you know.
1: It's kind terrifying. <clears throat> Talk about it here, oh yeah. Really don't know it, but it's actually rather annoying. Um, and and uh, there's but there's just so much good about this. And and I, as a minor spoiler, in episode one, John Cena is looking through her 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 vinyl collection. Goes, you know, the '80s, the hair metal when men weren't afraid to be women. <laughs> 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 so brilliant. Um, so highly recommend, I, I mean, honestly, you can't really go wrong with whatever you choose. If you want to choose, uh, Peacemaker or you want to watch Boba Fett, you're going to be entertained and that's what matters. But ultimately I would think I I'm absolutely in love with Peacemaker and I can't wait to see how this pans out and it's already been renewed for another season. So, uh, you know, let's see what happens. And uh, fingers crossed. So do we have any final things we want to talk about before we start talking about the 2021 movies?
4: You barely, you barely and... mentioned the Hawkeye. You barely <laughs> mentioned the Hawkeye series. That was a great series.
1: I fucking loved it. It was my favorite Marvel series to date. I, I liked it more than Loki even. Uh, so um yeah, I didn't
2: think Loki was their strongest, but I really thought WandaVision was... The, the strongest of the three series this past year. Uh, Loki's so much fun as Natalie just said and a Hawkeye was hella fun and some really nice performances um, and I, I can't wait to see where they go with it. But Division was really something special.
1: I, I really like how though um, they are now bringing uh, Dare like because of Hawkeye, Daredevil got a second look on Netflix, and now it's been brought mm-hmm. in as canon. So I'm really hoping Jessica Jones will brought in as canon as well. You know, I, I would like to see God. some of those characters awesome. come on into the Marvel universe. Okay. In the uh, you know, except for the Iron Fist guy. He, <laughs> yeah, you know, but, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, uh, but that's, I actually wasn't talking about it cause it was, tw- I consider that a 2021 episode cause like, I didn't know it when I watched it, it oh. was a Christmas show. And I was like, I binged it during Christmas. So I was like, yay, this is a Christmas thing. So it made me happy. I even think I mentioned it on our Christmas episode. So, uh, uh, so that's it. So I've done talking about Oscars and, and star Wars, but not completely about DC. <clears throat> Um, let's move on to movies, the best of 2021. Um, now, these are yep. not necessarily are the best movies that we saw, but these will be the best movies that we took near and dear to our hearts. Usually, and our usually speech. there aren't. There, You know, there's usually not movies that will be nominated for Oscars. So um, Parasite was my number two film that year, and it won Best Picture. Uh, So, you know, it it can happen. Uh, The rules of a sexy witch round robin, for people that don't know, is that we have all created a top ten. Now, we're not going to read the whole top ten. We're going to read the top five in descending order. Everyone's going to take turns, and we'll talk about our five, four, three, two, one in a row. We're allowed two ties and two honorable mentions. Uh, because of COVID, I am allowing films that were seen from 2020 after Oscar season last year. So if you saw an Oscar movie after it came out, um, you know, because sometimes that happens, you are allowed to include it on on this countdown. Usually, I I, I exclude it if it was nominated for Oscar, but not this year. Um, so or you know, or it's, so there might be a couple films here and there from 2020 on my list. I do have one. Um, and uh, honorable mentions can pretty much be anything uh, and here's the thing what if one of us have already set, talked about a movie and it's already been it's, already, it's higher on our list like I had a movie at five and Aaron had the same movie at four he's allowed to go to the lower part of his list and pick one of those movies or one of the honorable mentions and talk about that instead so let's see I think this year I'm going to start with Raven. Raven, Woo-hoo! we're going to do this by, we're going to do this by uh, Raven and then Aaron and then Nathan and then me. So I think that's because, you know, the rookie has to go second to last. So <laughs> this is his first round robin. <laughs> so, you know, you oh, get, boy. Get, yeah, get, 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 get a feel for it. So, and Raven and <laughs> Aaron, I know, know how to do this pretty well at this point. So, Are we ready for this? Are we going to... Oh, oh, we got a list ready. I got my list ready. I am ready Ready. to go.
0: Ready.
1: Ready. All right, Miss Raven. Best films of 2021, starting with number five. Remember, you're allowed two times.
3: Number five. Number five. I guess you could say it was my favorite picture of the year. What's up, uh, Nicolas Cage uh, oh. and Pig. Um, oh! Needs more pigs. <laughs> needs more pigs. But, um, wow, I've never seen modern pacing like that before in my life. Um, it's a film noir, but <laughs> it's it's like three different things at once. It's it's I want it to be like Kill Bill about a pig but but it never is. It's it's always very restrained and um very intentional. I've never seen such an intentional independent film probably since Pi, which is just one letter off of Pig. What's going on? Um I think I saw it on Shutter. And I'm pretty sure it's still there. I don't imagine seeing it in a theater would make or break your experience. Um, I think the performance and the pacing is the most important part about it. But, yeah, number five, Pig, won't you? I did not see Pig,
1: (laughs) but I know I may actually assigned Nathan Pig at one point. So I know Nathan has seen it. So what do you think? It is on Hulu. Last year Ooh, I was thank pig. You. pig was the best movie
4: of last year that I didn't enjoy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's
4: such a wow. good movie. It's amazingly made, well directed, well acted, but it is so fucking depressing.
3: Uh, yeah. I'll give you that. Um, not the feel good movie of the year.
1: <laughs> no, that's not a long shot. Though I will want to say that um, that Mr. Nick Cage had a very prolific year last year. Um, he oh, had a, four films out um, last year. One of them made my honorable mention, actually, and I might talk about it later. And not because it was good,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, but but, um,
1: but we'll talk about that later. Um, anything, anybody else want to talk about Pig? Does anybody else have it on their list? No. I think you're the only one raising it. No, but
2: I need to see it. it.
1: Yes, yeah, so I do too. And yeah, a talk lot of out. people, I've seen it on a couple mainstream lists this year. So, uh, you know, it, it's definitely making its rounds. So, congratulations. All right. So, we're still at number five. But okay. Now we move, we move on to Mr. Aaron Kogan. What is your number five?
2: I have Nightmare Alley, but since we've already talked about it,
1: didn't really I'd be talk happy about to talk
2: it. about my. No? Okay. Well, then let's jump into it. Um, yeah. I was fortunate enough to see it with Guillermo del Toro at the I Chinese know. in Hollywood. Yeah, I know. Um, he came <laughs> out and talked before it, and um, maybe it made my list a little higher because of that, because when he spoke about it, he spoke uh, very specifically about... The, the elements of the novel that he loved. And it really came mm. through. I, I mean, you could tell he was a man obsessed with it. And to a lesser extent, uh, the original film uh, with Tyrone Powers, if I remember yep. correctly.
1: Yep, that's
0: correct. And,
2: um, yeah, it is it is the most restrained Work. We've been using that word a lot tonight, haven't we? Uh, the most restrained work <laughs> of uh, Mr. Del Toro. Uh, he is an auteur, uh, fully flat out. I mean, you can name about 10 different things that are elements in his films that you can expect to see. And um, they're all there for the most part. But it works. It, it's, it's a stripped down. Uh, there's very, very, very little fat on this film. And it, it's gorgeous and intense, and uh, again, it, it's not the feel-good movie of the year, but God damn, does it hold you wrapped for the, the two hours or however long it is. Uh, I recommend if you, if you're, if you're, if you're If you're a fan of Guillermo del Toro, you've got to see it.
1: It, it didn't make my list, but it's an extremely well-crafted movie, and the casting is phenomenally good. I, I, I want to give a uh, shout-out to Ruth. Oh, my God. Uh, well, yes, and she's up for an – She was she up, or did she get snucked? I think she got – is she up for Supporting Actress? I don't think she is. I think she got, I think she got stumped. Uh, but I want to, oh, I want to shout sure. out to Rooney Mara, who everyone has been giving her shit about her performance in that movie. And I didn't think she was fair without? at all um, because she's got, first of all, she's the ingenue. She has a very thankless role in a film noir. There's always the one innocent in the story, the one that gets corrupted or has to fight the corruption around them. And it's not fair because she was playing it in the pocket, like you're supposed to. Yeah. She also played the electric exactly. lady, which is one of my favorite sideshow performances, is, is the person that gets on the Tesla coil and shoots the, shoots mm-hmm. the lightning out of your hand. So um, I know that Nathan hasn't seen it yet, so he did say he was going to see it. Our Our mutual friend Richard Tanner loves this movie, like, Loves this movie, and I understand completely why he loves this movie because he loves Carnival mm-hmm. Visionary. You, you love Carnival mm-hmm. anyways. Raven, have you seen Nightmare Ella yet? No, not yet. You probably should. I think all of us in this, in this <laughs> panel should see it. Um, I, I, I would say I do recommend <laughs> it, even though it didn't make my. It might be. It wouldn't. It might be like really low in my top twenty if I did a top twenty, or it would be like in my top thirty um you know like i said Mm. it's not my it won't be my favorite guillermo del toro of all time liked it a lot more than uh the what's the one with the fish guy i didn't like that shape of water shape of water i hated shape of water so um you know so it's definitely better than that i know people are like what i'm like yeah i didn't like that movie at all um yeah yeah, this is uh, way
2: more focused than shape of water
1: yeah it, it its its not a, it's such a story to tell um I love Carney imagery anyway, so it, I'm gonna always lean towards that a little bit, like I said, it has the coolest fun house that would never exist in it um, Amen. So, um, <laughs> it also talks about one of uh geeks like what a real geek yeah. it is, so and that's cool, but like, you don't get that very often, so there's that going on well,
2: the title so, of the movie is actually a reference to that,
1: yeah. So, um, and even Brad Cooper is good. So.
2: <laughs> yep, I agree.
1: I, I'm usually not a huge fan of. Um, and speaking of which, um, an unsung Some of person in the cast, Tony Colette. Like she's a, yeah. like very small but significant role in that. I mean, the casting William DeFoe's in it. I mean, really, oh, just, you, you, you cannot get go wrong with this cast. This cast is just incredibly
2: Again, good. Uh, he got. Guillermo del Toro got—I hate to use that word again—but here we go—a restrained performance out of Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe <laughs> is the least crazy character in a movie. What?
1: Well, he's the businessman of the—he's—he's he's, yeah. the—he's he, the smart carny, um, you know. So. Uh, but anyway, so yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely think that if, even if I don't have the love for it other people do, that I validate that it's on anybody's list as the best of the year. Right. So it it's
2: and quality. up for best picture.
1: It is up for best picture. So all right, excellent, most excellent. So now we are ooh to the rookie, Nathan Hamilton. What is your number five? <laughs> <What> you
4: <got? laughs> no, my my first at bat, I guess. Mm-hmm. My uh, yep. my number five. Is actually the most recent movie I watched off of uh, from last year. It was on my list of movies I wanted to catch up with. And it's a movie called Censor.
1: You saw Censor?
4: It, I loved it. Um, it, it have uh, you other guys seen it?
3: I definitely have. No, not yet. No, no.
4: Man, I I love this movie because... Well, first of all, I'm fascinated with the whole video Nasty's era, which is where it takes place. And it's the story of one of the people who work for the film board documenting what's going on and, like, how many seconds of the decapitation they can show. And, you know, just, you have to cut three seconds out of the eye gouging scene and all this. The beginning of it is very much a fun game of spot the reference for horror fans of that era because they give movies fictional names, but describe real scenes that got cut out of movies so you kind of got to figure out mm. what movie they're making through without knowing the name of it but eventually she sees her sister in one of the movies and is convinced that she finds the director she will find her long lost sister and goes off on a quest and they very effectively play with the whole are we watching objectively are we watching the protagonist reality is their reality actually reality and kinda of plays with that line and there's a lot of imagery near the end that really calls back to seventies Euro horror and like Jess Franco J. Roland type stuff and you know, a lot of the stuff from that era. So I I really enjoyed that movie. It's currently available on Shutter and recommend to all of you check it out.
1: Um, I I enjoyed it. It it didn't make my top 10, but it would probably be in my top 15. Uh, I want to say this year when it came to female centric horror, it was one of the best years I have ever seen. Um, There's been several movies this year, not just the stylist, but you know, censor Um, there's a couple others on my list that I want to, I'm going to probably end up talking about, Uh, but there was also the power this year, um and of course uh, uh invisible man even though it was from the year before i didn't see it i saw it at the same time i saw Censor, and or i know i actually know i saw Censor in in the earth back to back and i don't want it because it's on my list um but um the mm-hmm. Censor is very interesting first of all it plays with two of my favorite tropes um the main character that has a tragedy in the past which is always a great beginning for any horror film it's that even even though it does play into the story um, it, it doesn't define the story usually. In this case, you also have unreliable narrator. Um, and so the combination uh, of the fine. two, yeah, so you have that going on. And on top of it, you have the Video Nasty era going in the backdrop in Britain. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's a very unusual film. And, you, and it's, it's actually pretty straight. I would say, Nathan, it's pretty straightforward in the first 40 minutes, but the last 40 minutes is completely off the rails.
4: Yeah, it goes totally off the rails in the best possible way.
1: Yeah. So I'm really glad you saw it. I've been recommending that one to you, Nathan, for a while. So I'm glad you actually watched it. So, yes, please watch it. It is on Shutter. I'd like to
4: say one more thing before we move on. And I meant to say this before I started, but one caveat for my list. Um, Back when I was actively reviewing movies, I used to get a lot of shit for ranking my friends' movies and used to, you know, people would say it was a conflict of interest or whatever, so that is the reason why you will not find The Stylist on my list, but I think it was a fucking fantastic movie, and if I weren't friends with one of the producers and the director, <laughs> I it would have made my list,
1: <laughs> so. once again, female Central Horror, which is awesome. So... um <laughs> And and they both have to do about jobs. It was you know women in jobs is actually a running theme in horror films, and I kind of like that. And uh, speaking oh, yeah. of women in horror films, another subgenre of horror hit my number five. So uh, first of all, um, I allowed two ties on the top ten list, and this is one of the ties because I saw them pretty close to each other. And I really enjoyed the fuck out of them. One of the things that this year was one of the themes I've noticed there was a lot of non-sploitation and Inquisition horror this year. And I tied mm. two of these at number five. One is, uh, one is uh, a, a Dutch film with an English-language cast named Benedetta, with, directed by Paul Verhoeven, number five. The other one is Coven, or in its Basque language, Akulare, which means black Black Dance, um, which is ca- absolutely phenomenal. Okay, So, Benedetta is a based on a true story about a nun that has a lesbian relationship, which, you know, of course they do, uh, but it, she was based on a real person, um, and uh, it's actually a really, really cool movie. I, I don't want to go into it too deeply because it kind of would spoil it, but I do want to say, you know, one, one orgasm, and then she turns totally evil. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's all <laughs> So, um, it, it, it's Oliver Verhoeven at his best. He just says, okay, you want boobs? Give me a budget. I'll give you boobs, and I'll give you lesbian nuns. I mean, what's wrong? Nothing wrong with that. So, I uh, really, really enjoyed the fuck out of Benedetta, and I would highly recommend it. Um, Nathan, what, is it, what channel is, is it streaming anywhere? I think I actually paid for it. Yeah,
4: I don't believe it is. I I actually went to the theater to see it. I
1: I I think I had an Amazon credit and I used it for that. So um, the other one, Akulari, is a Basque language film, and I, once again, absolutely in love with Basque movies. Every uh, matter of fact, one of my favorites is The Last Circus, which was my number one the year it came out. Um, And this is really really good movie um it's about five teenage girls in a fishing town the 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 the, all the men have gone out to go fishing so there's only women in town and a witch finder general comes into town looking just like vincent price which is always a bad thing Uh, (laughs) and they arrest all five of the girls one of the girls is really really smart um and actually convinces the guy To allow them to do, because he wants to know about this, like, dance that apparently witches do, which is new to me. I didn't know we'd do these kind of dances, but okay. Um, (laughs) um, the, the, The big finale is actually they do the performance. And what a fucking payoff. The movie is great. I highly recommend it. The girls are really young, so it's really disturbing to watch them get tortured. It was the third film this year where they actually use a pair, uh, which is absolutely, for us real witches, like a physical nightmare to watch someone use one of those things on a person. Um, you know, mm. it's absolutely terrifying. However, I still don't understand. I've now, I saw three movies this year where they used a the pair in the film, and every time they get up and walk, no. So you would not get up and walk after that uh, you would not um, but I digress uh, but the, 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 it, it really is an effective movie and it's really authentic and so I believe it's on Netflix so I highly recommend Akulari watch it in the Basque language with subtitles because the dubbed version is dreadful like all movies, never dub a Basque language, no. never it never plays, it never works um, and um, so Aquilari is, is an amazing movie, and please, please seek it out. Watch it now. Watch it as soon as you can. So, that's my number five. And the, I know that you've seen Benedetta, Nathan. Um, you have anything to add to, well, Benedetta?
4: Um, I I will fully admit to loving non-exploitation films. I, it's one of my favorite films, <laughs> And this felt like a, you know, an old-school nunsploitation flick just with better cameras and a bigger budget. Honestly, it, it had such an old-school feel to it. it like, it, in parts it felt very much like The Devils as well, Ken Russell movie. And <laughs> oh, right. right. I'll, I'll go ahead and give a spoiler. I enjoyed that movie so much that I have it, at, at, but something else will be talked about in that space, because it's the first, the first victim of the round robin, but I had Benedetta at number two on my list.
1: Ooh, you got it that high. So fantastic. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it
4: that much, so that's that's how much I recommend this movie.
1: (laughs) Okay, fantastic. So that means you can, when we get to number two, you can pick anything from your list or lower on your list or an honorable mention. So, Benedetta, number two. So you recommend it even more than I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, so we are back with Raven, and now we go to number four. Number four? Number four? What do you got? Number four.
3: Number four. four um, pro- I believe it was produced by HBO Max. I don't think they purchased it, but I could be wrong. Um, they, but it premiered at the um, Berlin International Film Festival last year, and then HBO released it to the masses. Tina, 2021. Um, and it kind of went under the radar as far as music documentaries go, but uh, this is really uh, kind of in, in line with her memoir, Tina Turner's memoir. Um, this documentary oh, yeah. goes into her her, not only her career, but like her relationship and how public and accepted her domestic abuse was to all of America. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. The juxtaposition of, uh, you know, big wheel, keep on turning and then like um, getting punched in the face. Like it just goes back and forth between it's like a grand guignol between <laughs> just, delightful and gut punching um and it's only it's a quick one it's only an hour 58 uh but it's i believe it's still on um hbo it's just called tina and if you haven't seen it check it out
1: oh i haven't seen it and uh, i would like to see it actually uh so uh once again there was a lot of female centric stories and I would say that even Antina Turner's story is very much a horror film in its own right. Um so mm-hmm. that's actually very cool to have that so we will watch I, it on HBO. Go ahead.
4: I've not seen mm-hmm. that one but since you were since you were the one that turned me on to Summer of Soul I will always trust your word on music
3: documentaries. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to let you down. <laughs> that <laughs> Summer Soul was fantastic. I agree. So, oh,
1: um, all right. So I guess we can go on to number four with Mr. Aaron. What do you got there?
2: Um, well, we already talked about it. Uh, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, so I can drop down to my number six, which was Ghostbusters Afterlife.
1: Oh. And I what really I-
2: enjoyed have you seen it
1: no i i I didn't get it in a time
2: i I will not spoil it, but I will say that it is uh, a more than worthy sequel. It takes a a totally different direction from one and two uh with the case of number two that's not a bad thing at all um it's way more personal it's way more ground level uh Egon's granddaughter is the major protagonist and uh good special effects great story um if you're you know heavily invested in the actors and the characters you might even shed a few tears at the end
0: but uh
2: i really enjoyed it and uh i'm i'm sure i'm going to buy it on dvd blu-ray and add it to the collection because it's really
1: good um anybody else seen it I haven't seen it yet. No, Which not yet. I will it, though. Cost, it cost me money, so I didn't do it yet.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, there were two theaters on the West Coast and only two theaters um, in Southern California that had this amazing popcorn bucket of the Ecto-1 that has working lights, and there's no way nice. I'm going to let a quality fucking popcorn bucket, the kind of thing that usually only Japan gets slip out of my hands. Uh So I (laughs) raced to one of the only theaters having it uh, opening day, and those motherfuckers didn't have the buckets. They were on uh, ships Uh, out in the harbor. And I was really pissed, but um, Uh. I got the the web address for when they were going to go online, and they literally went in 15 minutes, and I was just really lucky to be able to get one for myself and one for my friend who's Ecto-1 obsessed. And it's wow. beautiful. I haven't even taken mine out of the box yet. It's just the, the packaging and everything is gorgeous.
1: Um, I will allow you uh, another two minutes here to go back to uh, shang Jing and the Ten Rings. And Nathan, <laughs> you can follow up. Because we did talk about it briefly, but do you want anything else you want to say about it uh, before we move on?
2: Yeah, like we were saying before, um, I'm so high on this movie. Um, This has been another year (laughs) where, uh, you know, legitimate, quote-unquote, real artiste, quote-unquote, directors have shit all over comic book movies, Um, which is fucking ridiculous because, uh, again, as we uh, talked about animation, uh, it can be anything, comic books, manga. uh, There's... Anything you can think of, there's a comic book or a manga of it, you know, um and, and quite a few things you can't think of, yeah. maybe with good reason for you. But um Shang-Chi is a great fucking open the door to someone who may be on the fence about whether they, they want to explore comic book movies or they think it's just trash. Um, it's so well done. All the performances are so engaging and it's just a great fucking kick in the door for the next phase of the MCU. Uh, I'm really high on this movie and I can't wait to see where it goes.
1: Cool. And Nathan, it is your turn for number four, but before we go to number four, would you like to say anything else about Shang-Chi? Because I think it's on your list, yeah.
4: right? Uh, yes. It, it was, It's not in my top five, but it is on my list and it's, it was the best Marvel put out in a year that was very interesting for Marvel. They put out some absolutely amazing stuff this year, and they put out a couple that boring as shit. So, yeah. this, was on, this was on the upside of Marvel, and it was the best thing they've put out in, honestly, a long time. Like I said, it's the, it feels superhero, but it doesn't. It just um, it almost feels more just like a really good fantasy action flick, and yeah. there's some – Sequences in this, like a, the scaffold sequence on the outside of the building, that fight mm. scene, it, like that is as good as anything that's come out of Hong Kong in many years.
0: Like, Amen.
1: What, you know? what number is it at on your list?
4: Uh, I
1: have that one at number seven. Number seven. Excellent.
4: Nice.
1: All right. Yeah, so what is is th- number, seven. number seven? So what is your number four?
4: My number four is a movie called Skull, The Mask. Ha! <laughs> hmm. Totally under my radar for most of the year, and then I saw it start popping up on best of lists, and I was like, okay, that sounds like something I would dig. It's, it kept saying things like throwback slasher, practical effects, all this kind of stuff and which, you know, I'm totally down for that. It's a Brazilian film, and... It is about a a mask that dates back to, like, pre-Columbian times and supposedly contains the spirit of a god from that era. So it's kind of folk horror as well. But someone puts it on and sure enough becomes the embodiment of this character and goes through just wreaking havoc throughout South Hollow. And the gore is wonderful. Um, You can tell the guy playing the killer studied a lot of Kane Hodder as Jason because he plays it very much that way. But you also have just, they don't even try to hide the fact that half of these fight scenes in there, when someone tries to fight back are completely taken from, from uh, wrestling. Cause I mean, the killer just straight up starts power bombing people. <laughs> like, <laughs> one on. one of the, it's away from him by hitting him with a stone cold stunner. It's so, it's dumb, but it's so much fun. And it's, Maybe the only movie I've ever seen where within five minutes we have visual callbacks to Friday the 13th 6th and at midnight I'll Possess Your Soul, the Coffin' Joe movie. <laughs> so, I mean, it was on its sleeve. At the beginning, I was afraid they were going to use the fake grain thing all the way through but they didn't. That was just for the flashback scene, and the rest of it, it looks awesome. They, it's It's got a gritty look to it, but they, they didn't try to make it gritty. It just kind of looks like that, and it's got the kind of that oversaturated color that a lot of the more Neo-Grindhouse movies have, and it pulls off yeah. that Neo-Grindhouse thing way better than I think a lot of movies with probably 10 times budget have, so Stall the Mass is a dumb name, but a really good movie.
1: <laughs> That's fantastic. And we're talking about grain, grainy uh, imagery, and then moving onwards, my number four does the same thing and is a late addition to my top five. Um, and I, I knew everyone gave me buzz to watch it, and I never, I missed it because I was at the Grind Film Festival when it dropped. Um, so I was watching Richard's movie instead, a bunch of other indie films. Um, but um, and while everyone's loving Power of the Dog, my favorite western this year was a wonderful high-end black exploitation film called The Harder They Fall, uh, with starring Idris Elba. Uh, but he is a cherry <laughs> on top of an amazing oh, yeah. frigging cast. Regina yeah. King's in it, Zazie Beetz, who plays Domino in Deadpool movies, is in it, Jonathan Majors and Lacky Stanfield, who were um, both in uh, Lovecraft Country and, of course, Lacus uh, Stanfield was totally underappreciated in the fantastic uh, movie last year. Oh, what was that? Oh, my God, I'm blanking on it. What was the name of that movie? It was so good. And I'm now the, the, the one I wanted to win best picture last year and did not win best picture last year. Oh, I'm not going to be at that moment because you know exactly <laughs> Judas and the Black Messiah. <laughs> Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, really? uh, yeah. yeah.
0: I was like, oh, my God,
1: I'm blanking. My notes are not helping. Um, so um, absolutely so much fun. It, from the moment, uh, like 10 minutes into the film, I knew I was on board completely. Even though it is anachronistic, it's over the top. And, um, and yet it is just phenomenally fun. Um, hyper stylized, um, it, 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 it's Cinematography is amazing. The editing, it should have gotten an editing nom because it's probably one of my favorite edited films of the year. Uh, and uh, it, it's just so I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix right now. So uh, yeah. it was my second favorite soundtrack of the year. Um, it's it's um nice. it's so good. Music is catchy. Uh, I I I don't even want to go into it more because it would spoil it. But it is just straightforward, good old fashioned shoot 'em up, rescue the damsel, guns, robberies, trains, the whole bit. Uh, you know, hot women at the at the bar, dancing on the stage in their skivvies. I mean, it, it's everything <laughs> you want in a fun, upbeat, high-paced Western, and I really, and I made Nathan watch it because uh, he's, he he's not a Western fan. I love Westerns, and oh. and I, once again, Power of the Dog was a solid piece of work. This movie has my heart. Uh, I absolutely no. highly, highly recommend The Harder They Fall, and I just, Alba, you can't go wrong. He's a badass. He really is. Right like, on. Like, he can do anything. So um, is there – I don't know if anybody else has seen it on our panel. I
3: saw it. What did you think? Um, I like well, it. I started watching it, and I really enjoyed it. And then my roommate came in and was like um, – I can't remember the character's name. Stagecoach um, whatever. Annie? Oh, good, I don't ma'am. know. Yes.
1: Yeah, Stagecoach Annie. I think her name is, right?
3: She's like, do you know the history of this woman? And I'm like, no. And she's like, well, she was, she had really, really, really dark skin, and she was very overweight. And I start looking up the history, and I'm like, oh, crap, they whitewashed her. Cool. Um, and then I had a sour taste the whole rest of the movie, even though the dialogue was freaking amazing. But, um, yeah, looking up the actual person that it's about, like, she was way cooler. She was way cooler. Um, but the kind of Nina Simone like uh, how they did with uh, you know
1: oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah technically, technically, so I didn't know soldana there we go I I did not know until after the movie that a lot of these characters were based on actual historical figures, uh, which makes yeah. Me a- but but honestly, uh, I I I just took it as just a really <laughs> awesome ensemble cast of some of the best African American. Actually, she's not. She's German. Um, but you know, just yeah, some of the German best American actor, you know, African American and and people of color doing a really badass western. That's <laughs> like. You know, a lot of people don't even right. realize how many African Americans were actually out in the Wild West doing this stuff. So there were more black cowboys than cowboys white cowboys.
2: Hmm? Yeah, white cowboys were rare. Black cowboys, yeah. cowboys of color—that's what it was.
1: It, it, and yeah. you know, and they had Our their own job. towns and their own systems and their own ju- You know, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I, you know, I so I, I I give it a pass that way because I think every you can tell. Everyone in that movie is having a blast
0: making this film.
1: Um, so I, 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 do you have anything you want to follow up with, Nathan? Because I know you saw it recently, too.
4: Absolutely. Uh, the only reason it's not on my list is because I, al- I knew you were already going to talk about it. So <laughs> I knew i was going to cross that <laughs> <it> off anyway. <laughs> but one thing I want to say, we were talking earlier about the songs that are nominated for Oscars this year. Well, there's one song that Stagecoach Mary performs in the barroom that was actually written by the director that 100 percent should have been nominated, and it's been in my it's been stuck in my head for a few days now since I watched the movie. It's
1: one thing that my favorite second favorite soundtrack of the year by far. Uh, so you know, yeah, I I validate what you're saying, Raven. But I I you know, there's a lot of westerns. From the past that I that are based on, like Audie Murphy played a lot of historical characters, but I still give them pass because they're just entertaining as fuck. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, so I, I was taking it on its own terms, but you know, you know, someday we'll make get the historically accurate version of Stagecoach Mary, but uh, you know, but she did look great in the corset. So oh, we got that going. <laughs> on. Yeah. All right, so we are back to Raven, and we're, ooh, we're hitting top three. So we're at number three now. What is your number three?
3: Mm-hmm. Number three, number three. Uh, wow, it's a music holy kind of year for me, I guess. Um, <laughs> I think I had Apple TV for like three days because. <laughs> Because I wanted to watch two documentaries. One was the Beastie Boys documentary, and the other one was my number three um, about the Velvet Underground, just called The Velvet Underground.
0: Oh,
3: there's (laughs) very creative titles this year. Um, There is so much I don't know about the music that I love, and I've kind of re-fallen in love with Velvet Underground and Lou Reed this year Um, So it was cool To watch the documentary and um, Kind of get a background of How um, Performances were born Out of Andy Warhol's Space in New York City And um, There's some people I didn't even know Were connected like Jackson Brown Used to go play guitar (laughs) Like for Lou Reed, what what is happening? Um <laughs> there's not a lot of people that show up and you're like, What I thought you were a square that <laughs> you were hanging out with Andy Warhol. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, and also I love that one of the reasons that Lou like Lou Reed left the band a million times. But my favorite my favorite story about him leaving the band was because People kept thinking that Andy Warhol was the lead singer. <laughs> he got really mad. <laughs> he quit, which is the most petty thing and really easy to, like, figure out. Like, <laughs> you could correct it pretty easily, I think. But he just quit instead, which is hilarious to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's good pacing Um, and just a lot of dense trivia without feeling like a dense movie. It, it was mm-hmm. enjoyable. Um, Apple TV.
1: Apparently, Coda, the nominee for Best Pictures on Apple TV, that's why I probably never heard of it before, because I don't have it. Oh, Apple yeah, TV. that'll be it. Yeah. Yeah, so.
3: yeah, I just got it for... They They have, like, the shortest trial period of any streaming thing. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's too bad, because
1: the stylus is only a dollar on Apple TV, just so you know. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah so that's good um, th- there was a documentary of about ten years fifteen maybe even fifteen years ago about Nico that was really good that I was into nice. like, uh, about the yeah you know, but that but uh it's you, there's never too many velvet underground documentaries if you understand what i'm saying right there's there's so much that happened and went on in that time period and and Vel- and any Warhol is so much more than soup cans. Uh you know, right. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um it an there.
2: amazing year for music documentaries. The Beatles yeah. Get Back is on my, oh, my. top ten. We talked so about good. Summer of Soul, which was fucking amazing. Billy Eilish, The World's A Little Blurry on Disney Plus. Um, I'm a huge Billy Eilish fan, so I freaking love that. Um, one of my absolute favorites, didn't make my top ten, but probably should have, was the Sparks Brothers. Um, Edgar Wright Hi. did a documentary about Ron and Russ Mal. And uh, the tagline is just perfect. It's your favorite band's favorite band. And um, <laughs> I don't remember who has that right now. I think it's um, on Prime. But uh, if you if you're a fan of the Sparks, oh, my God. And if you don't know who the Sparks are, oh, my God. <laughs> uh,
1: did, didn't David Grohl have a really good documentary this year too? Like he produced a documentary movie. uh You know, he he did a series a while back, but I, I heard rumor that oh, like he did a punk a movie coming out. But he I'm also sure. did a punk documentary.
0: Um, Old uh,
2: documentary.
1: Yeah, I, I I just know that there's been a lot of solid music documentaries. There was a lot of really good documentaries. Yeah. As a matter of fact, one of my honorable mentions is a documentary. If if I bring it up, I might bring it up. So, um, but not yet because it's your turn first. Aaron.
2: What drives us? Documentary my, things we learned. Dave Grohl. I think that's what you're talking about. I, I might haven't be. seen it.
1: I haven't seen it either. What I just heard really, real, it's really good. So if
2: um, it's got Dave Grohl, I'm, I'm interested. I,
1: so what is your number three?
2: Oh, my number three is in Canto. I've seen it like Aww. four times now, and I fucking love it, and I'm sorry. Um, so uh, you're like going we talk to uh, talk about Bruno? I'm going to talk about Bruno, and I'm also going to talk about Surface Pressure and how that's just a fucking brilliant song. Um, again, you're we talking about Luisa and how uh, Disney – Screwed the pooch by not realizing how much love She would get but um, The whole movie um, It it follows All of your basic Disney family Themes but Somehow it makes them Fresh and makes you really uh, Care About these characters and pull for them Um, I kind of loved That Isabella Was allowed to be her own thing And she wasn't the typical cliche thing would have been to make her, uh, oh, I'm so afraid of failing. And that wasn't it at all with her. Um, at, at the end of it, when she comes out and uh, her's her own person, I thought she was going to be a punker. Uh, and I, I, I still, in, in my mind, my headcanon is Isabella's is a punk when that movie's done. She and, just wanted uh, to yeah. get dirty, yeah.
1: you know? Right. <laughs> That's all she wanted to do. Yeah. She just wanted to play and to play with her friends and get muddy. And I totally validate I, that, you know. It's I want her did. to have
2: huge canvases and I want her to go all fucking Jackson Pollock on them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've seen it like I said four times and I'm ready to watch it a fifth.
1: My 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 um the Evil Genius absolutely adores a Cato and it it plays on a pretty regular basis in my uh,
2: They're right. Yeah, and you can yeah, even put yeah. it on the background and it's still amazing.
1: Yeah, and, and once again, yeah, it once again Disney just I've never seen them miss drop a ball this big before yet have such a huge hit at the same time. You know, uh, I I don't know what what's going on in Disney right now, but there seems to be some kind of upheaval that's going on and they mm. they really need to get their shit together. So, um, because we talked about Encanto, yeah. I'll even allow you to bring up a third. if you want to bring up something from your list, uh, you can go oh, ahead and do that. To... Yeah.
0: Um,
2: well, let's see. Well, you're you my what? oldest co-host, uh, would... so. uh, you're a doll. Um, I, I can't wait till you get out here again and we get into some more trouble at a convention or whatever. Um, it's speaking sad. of conventions, let me talk about Lumpia with a Vengeance, um, it was one of the films I saw at Comic-Con, and it's just, it, it, it's, it's amateur-ish in the best possible sense of the word. I, 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 I'm I hesitant to use that term because of all the negative connotations, but um, it's friends and family who put together this uh, almost student film back in the day, and they've all grown up, and some of them uh, have become, you know, I- industry professionals and have connections with and uh uh there's even a great little cameo um by uh the Rancor keeper um whom oh, I'm blanking Trejo? on his name right now. Trans. Yeah. Uh, and yeah and it's hilarious. Uh Lumpia are these little uh Filipino egg rolls. And the uh hero of the thing is kind of like Batman except he throws these little egg
0: rolls,
2: <laughs> and um, it's it's silly and awesome. And I'm sorry. Hang on a second. Echo, stop. For some reason, I woke up <laughs> Echo. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, I saw it with uh, a Filipino-American community who were so rooting for everybody in that room, and it's put together as a big Kickstarter and Patrick Ballesteros, who is this wonderful comic book artist, uh, has done the cover of some of the comic book adaptions. And uh, they're doing this totally uh, on the ground level, uh, doing everything with funding, even putting it in theaters. And if you get the chance, it's just so much fucking fun. It's, it's not a great movie where you'll get insight into anything. It's just fun.
1: Fun. It sounds like
2: fun Lumpia with a vengeance. Lumpia
1: with a vengeance.
0: <laughs> yeah. That
1: sounds awesome. So good. It makes me hungry too. Man. <laughs> right. Like the, there's a, there was a, a film I saw this year where egg rolls were like the big thing that gave you power. So I guess a fried <laughs> round foods is like uh, a thing this <laughs> year. So. Uh, Right on. Well, I'm much more
2: likely to become a hero that runs on uh, fried foods than I am to become Batman, so maybe that's why I like it.
1: Excellent. All right, Mr. Hamilton, what is your number three?
4: Before I get to number three, I just want to say that after that uh, review, I now realize that there's a whole generation of film watchers and moviegoers that now Danny Trejo to them is, you know, the guy that was the rancor keeper. (laughs) I have no problem with I am so full of that But um, (laughs) anyway It's also interesting That you started Off before you went to a second one With an animated film and mentioned Batman A couple of times because my number three Is an animated Batman film That is the of the I've got it number three
1: So what was the other door You don't open
4: <laughs> but,
1: yeah, the other where you
4: do not open.
1: The, the thing about this
4: movie is, aside from a couple of one-liners throughout it, if the if Batman had been another character and not been Batman, it would not have changed the plot of this movie one single bit. Huh? Like that character? They they, they reference, they joke about his math and all, but he doesn't see Batman for this movie. It's it is a kung fu movie in the style of the '70s style, where you've got one character, uh, one character obviously based on Jim Kelly, old brother of Kung Fu. One obviously hmm. based on Bruce Lee. You've got one that's a little anachronistic for the '70s flicks because it's the it's a female martial artist that that kind of character really became big in the '90s, and then you've got Bruce Wayne, aka Batman, and it's part spy thriller, part kung fu movie. It's got a very old-school feel to it, and it's one of the most fun things I watched all year. And that's, that's one of the things I was right looking for more anything this year is fun. I was, like, I was looking for fun in movies, and that, I found it in spades in Batman's Soul of the Dragon. And DC may <laughs> will be nice. They may falter a little bit in their live-action films, <laughs> but they rule hmm. everyone else when it comes to animated comic book films. Like their adaptations are top notch.
1: Of course I say that also the amount of pedal in that particular movie. I saw it, so <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Dragon, great. Uh nice. so it, it it was fun and it's on HBO Max if you haven't seen it. Um it's not very long uh it, it's it's very good um i yeah i would say when it comes to movies there were a lot of movies that were fun this year that didn't make my list that one didn't make my list but willy's wonderland pd gorman um pd yes. oh, psycho gorman which was great and then that one would be in my top 15 um if i mine if, if, too and, it, and my my daughter actually i mean the evil genius has it at like it was one of her favorite films yeah absolutely she, the, nice. um, so, uh, I, I watching that with her was hysterical. Alter- I don't know <laughs> what to feel about this movie. I don't know what to feel about this movie. <laughs> I,
4: uh, I have Willy's Wonderland and Psycho Gorman at a tie for number eight on my list.
1: Ah, mm. excellent. So, that, that actually works. So uh, And Willy's Wonderland, the pixie monster, beautiful, like, awesome. Are fairy. Fuck. Yeah, I love the evil creepy fairy. I thought that was cool. Um, so, um, let's see now. This movie wasn't necessarily fun, my number three, but it's my favorite horror film of the year that isn't uh female centric, and it's absolutely going to win the chainsaw for best horror film of the year and well deserved. I didn't expect it to be that good. And at number three, firmly set on number three, was Candyman the Candyman remake or a, I don't even, it's not even a remake, an extension. It's not even a sequel. Mm. It's its own thing, yet it completely references the original movie, honors the original movie. Um, and you would think that a movie that doesn't have Tony Todd in it, but for a hot second would be like, but it was so good. Like th- there was so much going on about, about... I'm a huge fan of, th- of thought form concepts. And which is a very Wiccan, pagan notion where if people believe in it enough, there's enough energy to make it real. Um, And this is one of those films in Spain, and it's a folk horror film in an urban setting. And the ending is – it sticks the ending – um, it was the second, my second favorite ending of the year. Um, my favorite ending of the year was a movie called St. Maude, which is at number seven on my list. Um, and that movie, the, the ending of that film is just phenomenal. Um, but um, I, a shame I, I the don't know.
4: The wasn't well, I'm sorry? As a St. Maud's ending is phenomenal. It's just a shame the rest of the movie wasn't as good as that.
1: I actually really, hmm. really dug that movie. Um, but yeah, no, the ending of that movie is, oh my gosh. Um, but Candyman was surprisingly good. Like I wasn't even going to go see it. I ended up going to theaters to seeing it and walked out of it going, wow. <laughs> I'm mm. Um, so I don't know if anybody, I know that Nathan's seen it. Anybody else seen the Candyman reboot, whatever? Yeah, no.
3: but
1: How did you feel about it, Raven?
3: Um, You don't have to like it. Differently. (laughs) Oh, so you didn't like it. (laughs) Um, It felt like someone who really loved it told their filmmaking, like the original, right? Uh, Someone who really loved the original told their filmmaking brother about their favorite movie. And this brother was like, me like movies. (laughs) And tried to recreate (sighs) what they just heard from this brother. (laughs) And then they're like, "Hey, guess who's starring in this film? Tony Todd, Tony Todd, Tony Todd." And they put it all over the credits. And then you see him for three lines at the very end of the movie. It's like, don't credit mm-hmm. a bitch. You do not did not credit I... him if you.
1: But I knew yeah. he wasn't in the movie. I mean, I did. But walking into it, I knew he wasn't in the movie. Um. So I didn't have that issue,
3: but um, but it says starring. Tony Todd. <laughs> it says his name when you go sit down. Oh, once That's again. That's why I was uh, expecting Tony Todd. Even though it's not a,
1: a female-centric movie, it has a female director, so uh,
3: I, I thought that was cool. I mean, I, I really. Oh. Here's the here's the other thing. I totally forgot. It, <laughs> you can tell. You can tell that there's three different scriptwriters. Because the dialogue is so weird, especially when they're at the dinner um, before they're going into backstory at all, just in the very beginning. Just that three-person scene is one of the messiest things I've ever heard. It's, It's like an unfinished improv scene. And a lot of the dialogue is. Um, and then I was, I was like, why the hell is it? <laughs> why the hell is this like this? Like it was written by three different people. Oh, because it was written. It was literally written by three different people, um, and not in a good way. That I, the dialogue really bothered me.
1: It took a long time wow. for it to get made as a movie, and then it got delayed
3: because of COVID.
1: So it had, it did I'm not mm. saying it didn't have Rocky. Um, some rocky uh, start and issues with it, but I, I still think it got stronger as the runtime went on. And I, 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 there was a shadow puppet sequence in it, which I love. Um, you know, yeah, I'm into that. So there's just I thought there was so much good in it, and and a lot of people have it in their top. I've seen it on mainstream lists as well on their. um And yeah. I, I know it's going to win the chainsaw this year. Uh it might not be as strong as the Invisible Man was last year. that movie was pretty badass but uh i i yeah. i give it a, I, I yeah. definitely give it a big e for effort um it might not be the you might not love it but i I really walked out of the theater very very surprised how much I enjoyed that film so but it's not just about me and raven you're at number <laughs> you're at number two.
3: <laughs> this is so silly. I love how I love the variety of our lists. Like if you
0: <laughs> collaborate
3: and put them all in one list, it's just like the weirdest mishmash, which is just us, which is also well, great But that's what I okay. love it's about this Because film we, we festival. cover
1: almost everything important Between bit of a little bit of a little bit i a
3: little bit of a little bit of a Maya number two created with and for Netflix, Bo Burnham's Inside. Inside? Um, really? This, Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, go
0: ahead.
3: <laughs> so uh, <laughs> my first exposure to Bo Burnham was like, oh, look, a kid heard Tom Lehrer's new math song once and then tried to recreate it. That's charming. Oh, oh boy he's problematic. Oh God. Okay, never mind. And that was my experience with him until um, Inside. And the reason I watched it is because I was playing with that play something randomizer button that Netflix has now, like when you're super bored and it started playing Uh. and I was like, whatever, I'm doing something else. It doesn't even really matter. I just want noise on. And uh, that was probably the first 10 seconds I was trying to do something else. And then I ended up getting completely sucked in. Um, He, he apologizes for his shitty behavior in the past, which is pretty amazing. Um, and he has some amazing songs. So the concept is he wrote, produced and directed this piece by himself, um, isolated in kind of like a ADU garage sort of thing. Um oh. so he's experiencing covid while everyone else is but trying to you know taking a year to write this thing that is being written as you watch it well, but um, that's and it,
1: it, in, it it's in real time in a year that he did this yeah right? and then he and then he cut down to the best pieces right so go yeah ahead, keep going.
3: um Oh, no. It's, no, help yourself. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say he, he touches on some really cool mental health stuff, some difficult subjects about isolation and depression. Um, and he does it really well. Um, and I'm, I'm actually really excited to see, like, not more of him as a performer, but I want to see more of him as a director. I think that he has mm. um, a director's eye. And um, the editing is really impressive to me. The editing is better than some like feature film directors that I've seen who edit their own stuff. So um, there's I There's got to be another it.
1: whole worth a movie worth of of footage out there that we haven't. Oh, at yet.
3: least yeah, yeah. So
1: one maybe one of my that's favorite on things Netflix uh, about the movie. Mm. I, I told Nathan about Nathan and I video chat a lot, and Nathan is got he fidgets. And one of the things he fidgets with is a knife. And he's always opening and closing it. At one point, Bo Burnham is talking to the video chat camera, right? And he's holding mm-hmm. a knife and doing the exact same thing. And I'm like, huh. oh, my God, other people do that
0: too. <laughs> it was, they are like, not crazy.
1: No, you are not the only <laughs> one apparently. Um, you know, uh, the my my daughter, um, the evil genius, and her best friend love that. They watch Inside a lot. They play the web song over and over and over <laughs> and over. And over. Um, it is kind. It, it, it's kind of a phenomenon in its own right. Um, I, one of the things that's really funny is that they, there's one stage hard camera um, that shoots what the main bedroom the main living room right and he, he, he mm-hmm. edits in and out of it and it starts out at the beginning of the year relatively set up it looks like a little studio kind of clean kind of okay by the end of it, it is just a fucking mess <laughs> you know it's just like wires and dirty clothes and i'm like yep that's mm-hmm. me you know it it, mm-hmm. it it really did capture covid in a way i and and what happened to us and no one else really did like that. Yeah,
3: I agree with that. So, yeah, I think it's so, the most representational film of the, of the year.
1: Um, yeah, I, I I would agree. And I'm really surprised and happy that someone had it on their list. I was not expecting the to pop up. So, yay, Raven, <laughs> you rule as usual. So, I, I not have it on my list. I think I saw that even... on
2: someone else's, uh, a critic's top ten best. So, now I'm definitely right. going to have to take a look at it.
1: I didn't yeah, even take think of peek. it as a movie, so that's why I didn't even put it on there, I kind of as a comedy. Mm. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's good choice, good choice. <laughs> yeah, I
3: think because he he wrote and directed and edited it, that's why I put it there. Other, otherwise, that format, I would probably have put it in my TV pics,
1: yeah, uh, but it,
3: just it, because of how it was done.
1: But it is a feature. It's two hours long, so um,
3: yeah. It's
1: pretty darn good. (laughs) So, wow! Inside, oh Burnham, way you all, Raven, you often surprise me, and that's why I love you so much. So, it's (laughs) awesome because I know that Eric gets pull Disney and Star Wars out of his ass all the time, but you know, oh yeah, we never, we never know where you're coming twenty (laughs) four (laughs) seven. Speaking of which, what's out your ass this time? What do you have, number two?
2: Uh, Marvel, Star Wars, you know, The Awake the... No,
1: just
4: kidding. <laughs> uh,
2: I have a tie. I have one of my ties. Um, I have Dune and I have Annette. And we've already talked about Dune. So let me tell you just a little bit about Annette without ruining it. Um, uh, I think it took Best Director at Cannes. Um, It is my second appearance by the Sparks on my top ten. Again, if you don't know Ron and Russ Mall, um, they're amazing. Uh, When I was in high school, I I drove around with a (laughs) boombox in my 1965 (laughs) Ford Galaxy 500. Um, I had a seatbelt through the handle because I took curves and corners kind of fast and um it was one of those cassettes that i played over and over and over uh the one that's got angst in my pants and uh cool places and all those other things um this is their first attempt at uh, a movie musical um they kind of co-directed with leos uh Carix, and uh it's adam driver and uh marion uh, Cotliard and uh, uh, Ron and Russ in small parts and um, Simon Helberg from uh, uh big bang theory, uh sitcom, and, oh, right. uh, not what you think he would be, but it's uh, a musical in the real sense of musical um, where people burst into songs occasionally. And um, it's really, really good. And I don't want to tell you too much, because um, I know everyone here, um, with the possible exception of Nathan, uh, is a fan of musicals. I don't know how Nathan comes down on the uh, musical thing. But uh, I promise you, uh, if you're a fan of musicals, this will make your top ten list of the year. I guarantee you.
1: Hi. I I hadn't even heard of it until you said anything. And I'm looking at the cast going, oh, my God. Really? Right. Uh, why did I miss right? that? You know. I, I, every time I hear about Adam Driver, though, all I can hear was, uh, is John Oliver c- and all of his like,
0: <laughs> he
2: cracked yeah, me up. Yeah, destroy me, you big man mountain.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, those are <laughs>
1: uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, those Adam Driver finally like said something to John Oliver about how he didn't like how he did those segments. <laughs> it bothered him. Absolutely.
2: But Adam Driver is so good. I don't know if he was serious or not. I don't know if it I was know, a bit. Right? So... <laughs> And then John o- Oliver finishes it off by saying, that's it. That's it, Adam. We're done. Unless you don't want me to be. And, and, and I don't know what they're doing, goddammit. It's so funny.
1: <laughs> I miss John Oliver. We need him back in our lives. He has oh,
2: come God. back on Any yet. day now, I'm counting the fucking days. Yeah.
1: He's, but, yeah, you, know...
2: <laughs> um, it, it, you can find Annette on um, Prime and, uh, yeah, Go go see it. It's it's a romance uh, and musical, and it's just beautiful and wonderful.
1: I I'm I'm in shock that I haven't heard of this film before, and I I know I value opinions on musicals highly, so I better oh, write you. it down. Well, I mean, shit. <laughs> we both in the UI. We both have a musical background ourselves, so you yeah. know. Yeah. So does Raven. So. Um, yeah, no. Whoa, I don't know why I never heard of this song before. Hi. I'm assuming that number two for Nathan though is not a movie musical.
4: <laughs> no, you're you're asking what my what my stance on musicals is. I enjoy watching musicals on stage, but I usually don't enjoy musical movies. So, hmm. that, that's where I come down on it. Uh, no, my number two, actually, you already mentioned, which was Benedetta.
1: that's right so what is going to be what are you going to bring up on your list
4: I think I'm going to bring up a movie that I greatly enjoyed but I don't see anyone talking about in end of the year consideration and it's one I think deserves a bigger audience it was an Amazon original movie and was called Bingo Hell Bingo Hell GG movie (laughs) Yay! right on this was did you guys see this one
3: Yes.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I this gave points
3: was for the madness really
1: for
4: it. Good. Yeah, it was yeah. a yeah, challenge, was, so uh, yeah, right, I got to see it. But, and it was it was a fun movie. The um oh, I cannot remember the lead actress's name, but she was awesome as like the the elderly ball of fire that was fighting the evil out of her town. She was great. Um Adriana
2: like, Barraza.
4: That's right. She's yeah. She played awesome Lupita. Sure. Yeah, excellent. The other standout performance by Richard Brake, and I think Richard yes. Brake, that dude has the potential to, to basically be Bill Mosley as horror's go-to character actor. Like he is. I agree. So good, but we've only really seen him coming on strong in the last few years. I mean, I remember him from stuff sporadically, but only. It, like, it took 31, Rob Zombie's foot, to really bring him full front to the attention of the horror community. And I'm like, yeah. you know, I know there, but where has this guy been? Put him in everything.
1: And, and, and so 31 bad, is movie. not good, except for, like, no. No. except for Richard, yeah. Richard Brake. Uh, I, <laughs> <so>. I agree. <laughs> saving grace.
4: But, and in this movie, he is definitely not a saving grace because all of it is good. But he gives an absolute tour de force performance.
1: Well, it's DJ. He was. AD. is so good director, too. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say, Richard Blink was the actor um, who played the Imperial officer in Mandalorian. Uh, he's, he's British, mm-hmm. but he had that southern accent. So we were all going, wait a second. There, there's southeast in space and, and there's the dirty south in space, too. But um, he, he was so fucking good in that little cameo thing um, right before he got uh, shot.
4: <laughs> Spoiler. It, you know,
1: Gigi Sal Guerrero, she's one of us. She's a, she's a film geek. She's been on the show, actually. Um, and uh, she also does voice work, by the way. She's doing two shows. She's in that, that new Academy, was it Sorcerer Academy animated show right now? Uh, and, you know, and she does the little monsters show Uh so I'm always rooting her on. She directed Culture Shock last year, which got a lot of, of notice. Uh, but uh, Adriana nope. uh she was actually um, in uh, In Your Roots, a lot of In Your Roots. Uh, Morris Peros was her biggest film. Uh, so, mm. uh, you know, so she's been around forever. And the idea that the main character is an older, older Latinx woman is, is amazing. Um, the co- yeah. I, th- I find Bingo Hill extremely colorful. Like,
3: it's very yeah. r- It's like a movie. neo-noir color. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: um, the evil casino demon, a cool-eye concept. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, a couple of terrifying mur- c- kills. Matter of fact, um, you know, the the, the chainsaw, right, there's a writing category for best kill of the year. And um, the stylist is actually getting a lot of writing uh, for his <sighs> own, own death. But the, the car card and Bingo Hell is also getting a lot of write in. Uh, so yeah, you know, yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, and uh, you know, it's so neat to see. You know, Gigi and Jill and all of them kind of started at the same time and they watched like people these people blossom and grow. I feel kind of like a proud mom. <laughs> you mm. know? This is so amazing, and um, and Gigi is. I'm so glad that she's doing so well, and I'm really glad you brought up Ringel help, Nathan because I, I want Gigi, I want Gigi to get as much work as possible. That's really the truth of it, and Bill well, too. So now
4: that you've seen what she can do if you give her a budget, I hope people do it more often.
1: I, I yeah, absolutely. Hmm. It, it makes it excites me to know that you know our fellow geeks are doing so well. You know, it, it's just. It's so good. And and she's a Seattle girl, too. So there's that going on also, you know, and she's up in Vancouver now, which all voice actors are up in Vancouver. I've always had this dream that I'm going to just like, disappear to Vancouver, you know, because I love voice acting yeah. myself. So um, that's just cool. Oh, my God. Um, and Richard Brake. Yeah. Richard Brake's kind of a revelation, right? You know, mm-hmm. he, he, we need more of him. So that's great. I'm just so excited because now I'm to my number two. And you know, what's funny is that we were making fun of mu- movie musicals just now, but you know what, guess what's huh. the Number two for me, a movie musical. And it's a mainstream <laughs> one. And yes, it is there. And it's because I, I, this year, I always put number two, my favorite m- mainstream film. It's actually not the m- biggest mainstream film. My number one is this year, but, um, it was probably my second favorite experience with the evil genius in the theater. And, and it was because I took, we were working on Annie and getting audition ready. And I'm like, all right, we're going to West side story. Cause she wanted to know what my favorite musical was. And I'm like, we're going to go see West side story. And I have a lot to say about West side story. You know, and we talked a lot of uh, an entire episode on it, but one of my favorite things that happened was actually before this movie started because I was like alright, you know Evil Genius, this is what you do I taught her the snap from Cool from Robert Wise's version like
0: <laughs>
1: you know, and so I was like, we go and give the ticket to the ticket person and we're in the and I paid for the big good sound theater, right, because I'm like, we're going to go and we're going to do this, right, and I'm like stop, alright, time to snap, so we both start snapping, both fingers, as we walk into the theater, this little other woman walks out and a little. <laughs> she starts snapping too. Next thing you know, we have a bunch of people going snapping as we're walking around the theater. And I was like, "Yes!" I, this is why I don't understand. Is everyone said it flopped? But my theater was packed on a Saturday night at seven. Really? Uh, so I I wow. don't know. Maybe maybe because there are a bunch of nerds here in in DC area, but uh, you know. I really enjoyed the fuck out of Steven Spielberg's version of West Side Story. First of all, it is my favorite musical of all time, outside of Sweeney Todd. Um, And uh, and I was one of the it was it was the first time I saw it live. It made me really. I was already like, Music Man is my all time favorite musical of all time. Like like it's it's sacred. But West Side Story was the one that like really captures like you don't have to have a happy ending. To be a musical. You don't have to have right. upbeat themes to be a musical. Yeah, you can still have a lot of fun in it. Um, I liked how it honored Robert Wise's version, but tried to make the film its own. The screenplay is very good. Um, and I love the sense of place in the movie. Um, its version of America is hot. Um, it, it, you know, there's just so much good about West. this version of West Side Story. Um, it, I like the twist of having Rita Moreno play the the the, the character that owns the drugstore, uh, instead of it being a white male, having it being a Puerto Rican woman, actually kind of gave it some depth that I wasn't expecting. Um, there and and it, New York was a very interesting is always an interesting place, but you know a lot of people don't realize how many people were completely like thrown asunder to put in the Lincoln Center. You know, and and it's just kind of, I I like how they played into that, and they leaned in on the history of the neighborhood and what we lost with that. Um, Now, were the characters playing older, like the the bunch of 30-year-olds playing 18-year-olds? Yes, we got that. Uh (laughs) Does that matter? It wouldn't have mattered when Robert Wise did it. Um, Robert Wise's version is not sacred to me um, I don't like the, ver- the order that the, mu- the, the, the songs are in in that version um, I think the, the I like my favorite sequence though in the original is cool which is like absolutely one of the best shot dance sequences in a film period okay so, but, and I like how this one didn't even try to touch it um, I like how some of the more subordinate characters got more screen time um, and gave it more depth when they actually made decisions that affect the plot. Um, so there's just, there's a lot of things about it that I think worked. And, and, and Stevens and I know not everyone's going to love it. I don't know if it's going to have legs over a long period of time, but I do think it's going to be around for a while. I think that it's, you know, uh, there were two films like this this year. We had West Side Story and it In the Heights. And I think West Side Story, people are going to remember more because the music is just, I mean, somewhere is one of those songs that rips my heart out every time I hear it.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) It
1: always has. It always will. They did screw up Mr. Krupke again, Officer Krupke. Why Uh, do they always put it in the wrong spot in the musical? I don't know. It should be in the third act. The reason why it's in the third act is to give us some fun because there's not a lot of fun in the third act of West Side (laughs) Story. Uh, you know, I, I like how Anybody's, which is the character I always wanted to play, uh, was, was, a, was a, 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 a gender-neutral character, which was amazing yeah. to actually play it that way. Because of that, it got banned in China. It's another reason why I didn't make any money. Um, yeah. You know, because, you know, fuck China. China. As a matter of fact, I watched an amazing hey, article man. recently about how China, China's taste in movies is affecting the quality of our film. And so, I know. I, 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 you know, fuck China and, and the, the money grab. It's affecting art. Did you read um, what
2: China did to Fight Club?
1: <laughs> what did China do to Fight Club?
2: You're not going to believe this. You're not gonna, you're gonna, I'm going to tell you. You're not going to believe me. You're going to go online. You're going to say, holy shit, that motherfucker wasn't kidding. They changed the ending of Fight Club so it stops just before the explosions there's a credit crawl where the screen says everyone was captured by the cops uh, before anything happened. <laughs> and Tyler Durden God. is in jail. I'm not oh, making this up. Wow. You can't see me, but I have both hands to Jeebus right now. That, I'm not that making this kinda kinda up. That
1: changes the whole point, right? All right. You think? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's amazing.
2: I hate right, China. Well, Fuck China, like you said.
1: Yeah, we're down to our last ten minutes, guys. I thought we had three hours. We don't. We only have two and a half hours. So we got to talk about our finals. So anyway, I I will swear by Spielberg's West Side Story. It's the only Best Picture on my nice. list. And this is a list that includes uh, number ten, Slacks the Killer Jeans. So that Aww. that West Side Story got that high. <laughs> that was so much fun. Um, once again, fun movies, right? Slacks was a surprisingly good movie. Um, but yeah. anyway, uh, let's go for Raven. You like
3: Slacks, did you? No. All okay. right, so I don't know how you want to do this because uh, my num- numero uno is Summer of Soul. Quest okay, nice. well, then then you're allowed to
1: pick anything else on your list
3: because we know how um, much that would be rolled. Yeah, um... I'll, I'll give a shout out to. Um, I think I saw this on Apple TV. Also, uh, it's called Klovadis Aida, um, oh, yeah. and it's about a translator working for the UN in Serbia. And the Serbian army takes over the town, and so the lead actress has to act in three different languages. <laughs> very convincingly and fluently Um, and there's a lot of like it harkens to other holocaust type movies um, and genocide films there's life is beautiful kind of stuff but also the pianist Uh, it's really intense but um, also very beautiful it's filmed um It looks like it's filmed in a whole bunch of different countries, um, and that the cast and crew are also very international. Um, It was written and directed by uh, Yasmila Zbanek, and I have not seen um, the other films that they've done. I actually am not sure if the director is male or female, or how they identify. Um, But it was um i guess it's one where i feel like i thought i would see it more places (laughs) like on any list i haven't noticed it on lists i didn't see it um yeah i'm not sure if it was nominated for um something in the foreign category but i didn't see it but uh it's three different languages for, for one actor to do. Uh, it's kind of like Orphan Black. You know how how the lead actress can do so many different characterizations and accents, but this is like full-on languages. It's, um, it's really stunning and um, hard to watch, but easy to watch. <laughs> that
1: sounds awesome. So, yeah. And what is the actual ranking for that, if I may ask?
3: Oh, yeah, I put that, um, let's see, I put that as my number six.
1: Excellent. Mm. So.
3: I have All seen it right.
2: on some top ten.
3: Oh,
1: you have? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. See, I haven't seen anything on Apple TV, so it's a big hole in my, and I just can't afford another streaming service
3: right now. So, oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. I think go it's tomorrow. also
2: on Hulu right now.
3: Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I have Hulu,
1: because so, you got to have Animaniacs oh. in my life. And Orville, Cold oh, my God. Item. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. Um, we'll definitely do an Orville episode, uh, Aaron, uh, <laughs> this year. Uh, Aaron, your number one, if it's already been talked about, you're welcome to take something off the bottom of your list. What was your number one?
2: My number one's The Suicide Squad.
1: That was my number eleven.
2: Nice. The one thing I'd like to mention that we haven't talked about is that it's such a beautiful film. It's really uh, I, I don't quite understand why uh that and the Eternals weren't nominated for best visual effects. Um and Free Guy was? I I, I feel <laughs> like it's Star Trek Beyond and <laughs> special effects makeup all over again but um he, like we touched on james gunn is an auteur he returns to themes that he knows um abusive parents and um
0: lots of parents the whole relationship with your
2: parents <laughs> oh my god that that, that that i that whole bit with a uh, polka dot man and his mom i mean <laughs> that alone holy shit. that's just Once brilliant
1: Taking a character, one of the worst possible characters in the DC universe, and actually making you give a shit, right? Everyone. Uh, Everyone in
2: fandom was going, you're putting who in your movie? (laughs) Say that again. We're not sure we heard you right. Everybody. I I was even saying,
0: really, dude?
2: Polka Dot Man. Um, Uh, And, yeah. Fucking, yeah. Uh, Maybe – One of my top three favorite things about that movie, and there are so many things in that movie that I love.
1: Uh, The soundtrack was my favorite of the year. Um, Once again, Idris Elba is in a movie and rocking it. Uh, John Cena and Oh my god! John Cena and Idris Elba and their cockfight at the when they are killing people (laughs) is one of the funniest moments in a movie. Period. Last year, yeah, was the highlight of the yeah my my and evil harley quinn and done right together. on film
2: hey that's nice
1: <laughs> oh my god it there was just so much good about that movie um even the weight of losing lieutenant flagg when he dies is is, is, is you know yeah there's, there's, there's a lot of good about suicide squad and harley is amazing as usual i mean come on margot roby owns harley at this point like that is amen perfect. but i'm um
2: but, I mean, as much as I liked Birds of Prey, I, I think she really fucking knocked it out of the park in the Suicide Squad.
1: Yeah. no, it's The movie is darkly funny. The only issue I had yeah. is I thought the rat girl was a little bit too sweet of a character. I wanted mm. a little bit more edge to her. But it worked in the sense that I just, Elba needed a doctor figure in the story, so I'll give it a pass. Um, I, it had a pixie song in it and it Picked It down, was also yep. used in the Fear Street movies, which was great. Uh, Nathan, I know you Same love one Suicide too. Squad. Where, 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 yes, it was. Uh, I even used it on the episode of Sexy Witches last year. Where oh, right. did you rank Suicide Squad? I actually left it off my list
4: simply because I knew it would come up and I wanted to get that
1: <laughs> now if you had ranked it, where would you have ranked it?
4: Um...
1: Five or six. Five or six, excellent. Mm. So, um, uh, James Gunn is, can't, uh, I mean, I actually think this movie was way more effective than any of his Guardian of the Galaxy movies. Um, oh, Raven, easily. did you did did you like the Suicide Squad movie?
3: Yeah. it is um yeah, number seven on my list. Yeah, you
1: said seven. I yeah, think we all loved that movie, and I'm really glad and it was, it was my fun. It had the most fun in the theaters watching that film that last year. Um, and I saw a couple of films. In the film. I saw The Quiet Place 2 in the theaters. It didn't make my list. I saw the Final Purge movie. It didn't make my list, even though I, I enjoyed both those right. movies. Uh, but Suicide Squad, I, I, it was one of those, I went and paid for it in the theaters and I immediately went home and watched it again. <laughs> immediately. Right on. Yeah. So, uh. I, and I would even watch it right now. It's not good. Um, so, Nathan, yeah. what is your number one? So like I said, and the word has come up a
4: lot during this conversation. What I went to the theater looking for in 2021 was fun. I, needed, I think we all needed some fun this year. With, and I'm the man. Oh, of the yeah. so one of the things that makes me happy is one of the things that makes me happy as a little boy. And that's giant monsters punching each other. <laughs>
0: so,
4: <laughs> so, my number one is Godzilla versus Kong.
1: Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Just Very missed funny. my top ten, I, but yes. I, I, me
4: too. I was kind of worried when they said Adam Wingard was directing it, but I was like,
0: oh, I don't
4: No, he hasn't. I haven't seen anything in his movies before to say he would handle a giant monster movie well, but he dude rocked it like that was a really fun kaiju flick
1: it it was a lot of fun and it's a good monster movie um my favorite sequence is the one on the ships um that where they're fighting on top of the aircraft carriers and that Mm -hmm. that. was just so well done um my evil genius went to see it twice in the theaters once with me on easter and then on her own um so uh you know uh so godzilla would Godzilla would be number uh, thirteen on my list, actually. Um, nice yeah. So, um, my, and my number one was, was Suicide Squad. I'm really glad you brought up Godzilla. I'm going to bring up one of my honorable mentions to end it for the night, and 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 it was uh, there was two really solid documentaries this year. One was In the Darkness 2, which I didn't like the first one. I thought the first one was obvious, but the sequel I thought will be a really good introduction to 80s horror for people I didn't know. And there were even movies on that list that I didn't know. There was at least three. Uh, so uh, I was really yeah. happy. But, the, but my favorite documentary movie documentary of the year, of the year just came out. It was called Woodlands, Darks, and Days Bewitched, which is the four-hour mm. folk horror documentary. Um, and it's it's attached to a box set, which I really want someone to buy for me because I just can't afford it right now. Um, yeah. But it, other than leaving off uh, The Mystics of Bali, which I think is an oversight, I would thought it was super thorough, survival super interesting and is super dense and a great deep dive into one of my favorite subgenres folk horror so uh, I would highly recommend that um, and also uh, nobody mentioned nobody which was fun we want to talk about fun movies um, and uh, Bria Grant also had Lucky and 12 hour shift she was starred in Lucky which is not a fun film but a really good one and then 12 hour shift which is a very dark funny fun little film that she directed. So there was a lot of good this year. Tick, tick, boom, once again, we mentioned that. And I want to thank you all for giving us a great list. Um, And if you have any questions and are listening to the show, either live or or recorded, we will definitely more than welcome to share any uh, films and where to find these films online. And thank you, Raven, Aaron, and Nathan, as always, for being on my show. Um, Next show will be the 23rd, And that'll be, since we don't have time because I screwed up, I thought I had three hours, but I only had two and a half tonight. Um, We will talk about our most anticipated stuff of 2022 with our guest host. Our guest will be Jeff Seaman, who was on my final panel I moderated at Days of Atlanta right before COVID. Um, His film, which I saw at, uh, at Nightmare Film Festival in Ohio, is going into distribution. It's called Terror Trips. And um, he's going to talk about the premiere of Terror Trips and his movie. So once again, our friends nice. are doing well this year. Also, my fr- other friend Jeremy Kip has a film on Shutter Club Flat Face. Watch that shit. And uh, so we'll be back on the 23rd of February to talk with Jeff Seaman. And um, I will leave you tonight with yes. All
4: right. to come oh. out real quick.
1: Yeah, hurry because we're going off there. What the Oh.
4: A lot of haunts all over the place are doing special Valentine's Day shows this weekend. Get out there and support your local haunted house.
1: Yes, that's right. Yay. We have two here. I know there's a bunch in Atlanta, and so always, always L.A. And you guys are in L.A., so go go, go, do that shit. Happy Valentine's Day for people who celebrate it. Or if you don't, eh, Valentine's Day doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> either way. Um, but we'll leave you tonight with our favorite monster, from Peacemaker, Reckless Love, have a good night, good film hunting, blessed be, and we'll see you on the 23rd. Good night.
0: Come on, be me. Monkey babe with the plastic boots and the poison in her skin Bleeding stitches on the fresh wounds I can feel her needle sting Jump it in in a riding boots.